Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is proudly brought to you by More Beer at www.morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Take some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Beer. It's fine. Tuning in. It's the session. Back on a Monday. Ready to have a good time tonight. We got a lot going on and uh, two different guests and uh, beer flowing. Whoa. And JP is I'm here. here. Hi. So, uh, he's not all here, though. Uh, he's he's sort of here. Yeah. Uh, Doc's back in the studio with us. Yeah. Tasty made it. Oh, yeah. Moscow's here. Hello. Bevo's on her way somewhere. I don't know. I don't know what she does. Work. I was trying to be her and be. Noisy in the microphone, but I have a better microphone than she does, apparently. <laughs> you didn't click things <laughs> no, enough. I didn't. Yeah, we got to get right into it because we got a lot of things going on today. Uh, first up, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Christopher Mullen, Sr. of McGillan's Old Ale House in Philadelphia. It's the oldest operated tavern in, in Philly. Guys, take a stab at it uh, and just do it, you know, make nice round decades. What year do you think it opened? I would say in the 10s. It, in 10 BC? Well, you said it, it, you know around the nearest Well, I decade, mean, like don't so. say like don't say like 1776. No, I'll nine, give you closest. You in know, the 1910s. Uh, 1910s says JP. You call it a tavern, right? Not a brew pub. Tavern. A tavern. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. then it could have been an old west kind of thing too. Uh, I'm thinking like 1895. Or something. Okay. All right. Good guess, uh, Doc. What do you think? Yeah, Earl, earlier than that. Philly's an old yeah. town. Oh, Philly's, Philly's, go Philly's the, an uh, old town. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think it's colonial stuff. That's way too old. 
Give it a shot. Uh, oh, wait a eight, minute. Maybe it is Colonial. What are we talking about? Here? Uh, 1850s. Oh, Doc's very close. Oh. 1860. Oh. Wow. 1860. Well, that's why Taylor Tasty got it wrong. He was just born. So, <laughs> you can't right. remember. What do you expect? Yeah. Listen, 1860 is the year Abraham Lincoln was elected. Wow. Mm. Is that right? I don't know, is don't it? Know. <laughs> Nobody knows. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I was See? there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm as good at history as I am math. I gave these guys a call because uh, the uh, guest last week, um, the Don Russell, mentioned uh, this is the must-go uh, bar in Philly, if you guys remember. That's true. When we, So we've been, uh, you may not have noticed, but we've been covering Philadelphia things for you as we're gearing up for the National Homebrewers Conference. And uh, it was recommended as the must-go-to place. So, uh, Isn't Moscow- it just a few blocks from the conference center? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so- it's going to be swamped. It'll be swamp, but it'll be great craft beer, and and what a piece of history! I mean, being there since oh, yeah. 1860. So we were ta- We'll be Can talking to the owner piece? now, Christopher Mullen Senior. He's going to come on the line in just a couple of minutes. So oh, that's awesome. Uh, we'll get ready for that. Uh, also, a little bit later on in the program, we're going to be talking to Tom Hennessy. Now, Tom Hennessy. Speaking of uh, uh, history in brewing and brewing and legendary brew dudes, this guy has started, owned, operated, and sold. Five different brew pubs, and he's on his sixth one now. Wow. On top of that, he's the author of the uh, two different cult classics. Uh, one of them is the Brewery Operations Manual. And the Brewery Operations Manual taught the layman how to build a brewery out of equipment that was not brewing equipment. You know, dairy equipment, sure. things mm-hmm. like that. He actually wrote the manual to help people do that way back when. Oh, lots of lots of breweries started up that way, dairy equipment. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Cheap stainless. Not yeah. only that, he then created the Frankenbrew video that kind of did the same thing. Uh, in fact, I think the Franken video actually more focused on the building it from, you know, Frankenstein type of equipment, dairy stuff, and then the brewery operations manual actually showed you how to run uh, a brewery. Uh, now, he's the uh, proprietor and brewer, uh, brewmaster, of course, at Colorado Boy Brewing. Nice. So we're going to be talking to Tom Hennessy too. We got a full day of historic beer for you today. Nice. Which is pretty cool. I mean, again, gearing up for the National Homebrewers Conference in the historic town of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're just getting ready, man. Well, and here we have our own bit of history, too. We're drinking the first drinkable beer from Justin Crossley. <laughs> That it's a month of historic I, I was just thinking the same thing. It's historic. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you guys went for it because there are two beers on tap. Right. There was the uh, the Grammary, right. which, by the way, I, I was texting my good friend Jamil just last week, is the best session beer on earth. I have declared it. Hmm. Uh, I absolutely love it. And then you got mine next to it. You guys are drinking mine. Yep. Yeah. Um, that must mean that mine is the second... Maybe maybe mine's the best session beer on earth. Yeah, well, but you can't call that yourself. <laughs> you got somebody else do that. Yeah. Someone, JP, can you text me real quick that mine's the best on earth? And then because once you text somebody, it's, it's not it's I, true. I'm not going to say on earth. On the but internet. how about in Martinez? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> in the room. Like, that's like every beer I've ever brewed. The most beautiful beer in the in the room. room. There we go. All right, there so we go. got a lot to get to today. Uh, let me do some quick announcements so that we can get right into speaking with Christopher Mullins from McGillan's Old Ale House. First of all, I want to let you know that our Brewing Network anniversary tickets are still available uh, to come see us in Philadelphia at the World Cafe Live. You can go to the Brewing Network Philly 
dot eventbrite.com and and get your tickets and i recommend getting them uh we've never not sold out this party and so there are still tickets left but what happens here is in the last couple weeks as people are deciding how they're going to spend their pre-conference time yep. uh, they start buying up those tickets also just in the planning stages of this thing it is turning out amazing uh we got listed on philly uh tap hunter i think oh. or tap list tap finder philly tap finder I'll find it for you. I'll, JP, you'll be posting it on all our social networks tomorrow. I will. Which will uh, be listing all of the beers that are going to be featured. Oh. In talking to the event organizers at the venue, yeah. you know, we were originally going for 30 different beers from approximately the same amount of breweries. Right. They're now going for 60. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you said 60, but <laughs> 60. I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> they dealt, They were like, listen, guys, uh, we like what you're doing. Yeah. We've done this before. Why don't we up this shit to 60? And we said, yes, that's what we want. <laughs> Can we stay open five hours later? <laughs> uh, so uh, all kinds of different beer that you're going to get to try. Uh, we got live music from the Trophy Fire and the School of Rock. That's right. uh, there's a VIP dinner going on beforehand. There is uh, giveaways. Blickman just gave us a whole list of wonderful uh, beer gadgets for yeah. the for the homebrew well, geek. Plus, many of our other sponsors donating things as well. And it's a great way to kick off the week. Oh, well, it's the only way, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, and what else are you gonna do? Right. There's some other things that you could do, but this is the thing you really. Oh, want. Oh, you could do whatever you want, yep. but this yeah. is you know, and plus. Our good friend Nico Brew has a surprise in the urinals for everybody. Oh, that's right. So if you want to know what your urinal surprise is. That does not sound like an incentive. It right. might be. I would also, I, you know, while I'm at it, you know, and, and you're trying to decide what you're going to do, you know, our good friend Jake Keeler, our yes. old friend Jake, yeah, he emailed me, hey, you know, our ticket's going to be available on the on the day of, because I, I don't really know how I'm planning my, my week yet. Jake said that. Yeah. What I a said, tool. I said, Jake... Two things. One, probably not. <laughs> Two, what the fuck else are you going to be doing with your time on Wednesday night in Philly before the conference? Well, I think I'm just going to be sketching some skulls all by myself in my yeah. hotel room like a loser. What a douchebag. Well, he might have some presidential duties. No, no. You know what his answer was? Getting rest for the week. <laughs> I gotta. Well, he's like 89 right now. He's Poor a guy. Yeah. He's have to show him how to do it. That's what I said. I said, listen, if my boy Tasty, who's exactly. 107 years old, can Almost do that, it, yeah. you right. can do it. Right. So, all right. Uh, I got to keep us moving through that. But please, uh, the Brewing Network, philly.eventbrite.com. And, and, and I'm pleading with you because what you're going to hear is all week long what a great party that we had that you didn't make it to if you don't go Go buy your tickets now. Uh, if you want to pour beer at our Brewing Network Club booth, uh, there's a thread in the forum, and you can also send an email directly to scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. He'll put you in contact with our booth uh, organizer. One of the BN Army Club members in the local Philly region has stepped up, him and his brother, and they're going to build the booth and, and get the jockey boxes and get it all ready to go. Uh, if you'd like to pour beer with your club, the Brewing Network, uh, please feel free to do so. Just send uh, Scott an email or respond to the thread in the forum. Scott at the Brewing network.com uh the store is up and doing well there's a bunch of stuff to buy in there including bn warheads stainless steel dual walled fucking things dude what they have the, they're like they're made in a vacuum or something i think they're made in space i think they're ma- yeah when i read the thing it said they're made in a vacuum and the only vacuum i know of is space right well and the the dyson that yeah but i figured i paid a lot of money for them so it must be space they better be space <laughs> better be goddamn space That's true uh those are available in the store people love them check them out doc loves them i know that oh, yeah. 
You can support us over on Amazon. Just do your normal Amazon shopping by clicking the Amazon logo right on our homepage. Then you do your shopping as normal. Listen to this on the go with iPhone and Android apps. Just search BN Mobile. Uh, watch all this and more on Justin TV. Uh, Justin.tv slash Brewing Network. There you go. If you subscribe and join the BN Army, uh, not only are you contributing to this wonderful beer radio show and and helping us out and and putting food on our tables, but you also are entered into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway, which is a $100 gift certificate. Our winner for May was Corporal Stephen Neal. Uh, Thanks for being a supporter. Uh, And he won himself $100 over to More Beer. More Beer, of course, is the sponsor of this session and every session. Go check them out at morebeer.com. Get all this and more over on Twitter and Facebook. Send show ideas to Scott. Uh, Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. All right, guys. As I said, we got a lot to get to today, so let's jump right into it. On the line right now, Christopher Mullins. He, uh, Christopher Mullins Sr., I should add. He's the uh, owner of McGillan's Old Ale House right there in Philly. It's the oldest operated tavern in Philly. Christopher, are you with us? I'm right here. Hey, thanks for being on the program. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me as a guest. Christopher, we are coming your way. You can call in... me Chris. Everybody does. Okay, good. Thank you. Because I would start slurring Christopher within <laughs> the next beer or so. I just want to call him Topher. <laughs> right. right. Chris, not only uh, is the Brewing Network staff, but the Brewing Network listeners are headed your way in droves later this month for our anniversary party and the Homebrewers Conference. And that, that's going to be awesome. We're really looking forward to it. We just got over Philly Beer Week, and that was quite a success. I bet you, that you... Now, you say it was a success, but, but Chris, I'm, I'm surprised you're not still napping. It must have taken it out of you that week. Well, you know, we try to... You know, there's so many events, and we're the oldest bar in Philadelphia, 152 years. We've been here a wow. long time. We hope to be here a long time. So we don't stretch it out. Some, some bars do something every single night. We prefer to just focus on a couple of uh, events... And put all our energies into that and uh, let the other folks enjoy themselves and have a good time at some of the other bars in town. There's there's lots of great drinking places in Philly. I like your plan. Low and slow. Listen, we're... We're uh, we're McGillans. We don't have to do an event every night. We're McGillans, damn it. We are an event. Yeah, well, but we're only, what are we, eight years old? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right. So so tell me about the, give me a little history of the pub. You, you say that you're the oldest pub in Philly, and did the doors open in 1860? Do I have that right? Exactly right. <clears throat> it was started by William McGillan, who was an Irish immigrant. He came here during the potato famine and uh, started the bar in 1860. Uh, it, at that point in time, it was just one. There, there's actually today we have three pieces of real estate side by side by side, which you couldn't tell when you enter. Okay. But when he started, it was one little part of that parcel, and he have gradually pur- purchased the other properties. And, uh, and then his wife, when he died, his wife enlarged the property into what you presently see the figure, the, the footprint that you see if you walk on our front door. Okay. And I have in my notes uh, that that William McGillan uh, lived upstairs from from the pub for all right. this time. Yeah, right. One of the properties he bought was was a house that adjoined the bar, and he it was a uh, three and a half story of Philadelphia Trinity, and he raised his thirteen children in that property. Good right? Lord! I know he was busy both day and night. Yeah, he's a proper Irish Catholic. Exactly. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cheating on the Pope there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> also, there was you know no so you think you could dance or the voice or something to distract. <laughs> he had nothing so. else to do right. back then. Right. Now, tell me how a, a little bit about. Uh, how the bar survived that long? Because, I mean, look at the, the big elephant in the room is prohibition, right? Exactly. 
Well, Pa died in 1901, and his widow took over the bar and ran it and actually did the renovation, completed the renovation that he'd long planned, and uh, ran it until her death. But she, what she did when Prohibition started, she actually locked our front door and said, uh, nobody's going to come in through this front door. I will not unlock it until the Prohibition is over. Wow. But we did have a side door and a back door, and she hired a chef, and they served food here and survived Prohibition, and ostensibly never served any alcohol than anybody caught them doing. But Got I'm it. sure there was some hanky-panks going on somewhere in this building. Sure. <laughs> and, and you know, let's just not just your building either. You wouldn't have been the only place doing right. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you have uh, uh, pictures and things uh, on the walls that we can see when we go in there? Oh yeah, uh, one of one of the, the we have lots of historic stuff. A lot of beer, beer paraphernalia, bruaania uh, from old uh, trays and and signs and faucets and spigots and posters and things like that. But we also have collected a number of the signs of the famous. Uh, retail establishments in Philadelphia that have come and gone. Uh, the first department store in the United States was started in Philadelphia by John Wanamaker, so we have a huge John Wanamaker sign. Nice. And anybody from the Delaware Valley know, who's been in this area for a long time remembers John Wanamaker. It was a great department store chain here in Philadelphia, like Feline's in, base, in uh, Boston or uh, Fields out in Chicago. It's uh, famous, and he, he started the concept of uh, you know, of a department store, big, big, big store that where you could buy everything. I love it. So we have the, so the whole wall, one whole wall is Gimbel's, Blitz Brothers, uh, Caldwell's, Woolworths. We have signs from there. Uh, we have pictures of the people who have worked here over the past fifty to seventy-five years, anyway, including Mon Pod McGillen. I this is the kind of thing I want to see when I as I'm spending my time in Philadelphia. Pictures of. Dead people of mom bar. No. Yeah. Well, it, it's history. a good feeling. Yes, I mean let's let's face it. Here on the West Coast, we don't have a whole lot of that. We've got some historic places mm-hmm. and and a, and a couple of historic pubs. You're not going to find too much from 1860 that is the same functioning thing as right. it was back then. Not at all. Yeah. Although San Fran has a couple of great old uh, bars, uh, Irish type bars that were from from the 19th century. We do. Uh, so they're. And that was because of the seafaring trade. You know, the Irishmen were uh, not just good drinkers, but they're hard workers, and including uh, good sailors. And that made them hard drinkers a- yep. as well. Absolutely. Yep. Is there a tight community around that? Like people who have owned old bars? Do you know fellow owners of these uh, types of places? Not. No, I do not. To be honest, with you. we should have something like that. But uh, no, I mean we we have a, a book here that we keep of uh, you know a small history of McGillans, you know pictures and things like that, and including in that is all the the names of the top the top ten oldest bars in the United States. And so people can say, oh, I've been there. I've been to the Bell and Hand in Boston, or I've been nice. to wherever the, the uh, you know, different places that are around the country. I love it. Now, you are not a descendant of the McGillan family. No, my wife is uh, the, the daughter of the second owners of McGillan's. The McGillan family owned it from 1860 to 1958. Okay. And then Joe Chopaniak and Henry Spaniak bought it from them. Two brothers with Polish brothers with two separate, uh, different names. One was Americanized and the other wasn't. And my wife is the daughter of one of those, was the daughter of Henry. Okay. And the niece of Joe. So uh, I married into the family, so to speak. And now my son is involved here, so he'd be the, the third generation of the second family owning the bar. 
See, this is another thing I really like, and I and I'm not sure why, but I love family businesses that are passed down from from generation to generation, right. especially when they're fun, like a, like a tavern. Yeah. You know, if it's like the family plumbing business, it's not so fantastic <laughs> to me. But when you hear about a place like that, I don't know, I really like it. Well, it, it's well, even I think with a plumbing business or you know something something more service oriented, I guess it, it it's still it's cool because it's it's a good business. It kind sure. of lends credibility to hey, we know what we're doing. We're not here to rip you off, or we're not right. just to fly by night. Community, we're we, we're a family, and and uh, we'll care for you. You know, and there's a sense like of pride with that. I, and, yeah. so, so you're right, yeah. even in the service. And, yeah. and there's one thing you can't knock around a good bar owner, and that's you can't knock our plumbers. After our beer suppliers, they're just about the most important person we have. You know, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I stand corrected. Because we only rent the beer. We yeah. don't sell it to you. We just rent it to you. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> so Where's it going to go? Yeah. Uh, also, now, as long as this business has been around, it has really not changed hands that much at all. No. There's been two, two families, and there's three. My wife and I are the, the third ownership change in the, all that time. It was, wow. Ours was an outright purchase from uh, Joe and Henry. So, yes, two families, three ownership changes in all this time. That's It's amazing. And you're yeah. doing all this at the age of 35. It's yeah, great. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 66, 65. I'll be 66 next month. Okay. And, uh, you know, enjoying it. Still here working tonight. You are? You're so, not looking to get out of there and retire? Uh, why retire? Retire to what? I don't know. Hawaii? Yeah, you got the, you got <laughs> to get an idea what, what's more fun than, than being like, right now we've got this insurance conference in town, 6,000 insurance uh, professionals. And they're streaming in the doors here. Have to have a good time. Listen to the jukebox. Drink some beer, and uh, have have fun. Does that raise the uh, the little hairs on the back of your neck to have all these insurance guys that are just like, oh man? <laughs> well, I guess after the plumber, that's another important purveyor. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> the people we forget about. Yeah. One of the lawyers in the insurance convention have knife fights. Yeah. <laughs> Now, tell me about the evolution in in the tavern, and particularly on the on the beer side that you've seen since you've owned it. Because uh, obviously, craft beer is the big thing now. But but you've owned it for a while. Okay, let me say this to you. I've been I, I've been in the business since I was eleven years old. My father was a chef, and I've worked in the I've worked in this business since I was eleven. Okay. Uh, I, I've had bars. I've owned bars since nineteen eighty. And I'm going to say this. The best thing that's happened to the bar industry is the craft beer movement. Wow. Because, you know, I'm not going to not, I don't, I'm not one of these people that say we only, no, no crap on tap or anything like that. I believe they're all beer, there's a, there's a reason for beer, and beer means different things to different people. And if you want a light beer, make it good, make it fresh, make it, you know what I mean? And I, I'm not going to knock that. But the craft brew movement has given people a reason to come out to bars and taste. We have 30 different draft beers right now. Wow. And people come in and they want to see what we have and the rotating taps. They want our, our tried and true, which are the McGillan's Ale, Lager, and IPA, uh, 1860 IPA. They're made for us by stouts. But, you know, when I came into this business in 93, I said, you know, I've got it. I, it, was, it wasn't doing real well. I mean, the the two men we bought it from were older, mm. and times had changed. And you know what good beer was in Philadelphia? Foster's, ah. Molson, Heineken, the Budweiser. You know, yeah. people would say, oh, that's better beer. And I'm like, you know, I've I got to do something different. So we were the first bar in Philly to really embrace that concept of let's find local beers. And I was fortunate to meet with Carol Stout and ask her to brew us some beer. Nice. And uh, now they're doing three of our beers. But we've seen other some breweries come and go, and right now we're in another surge of new breweries. 
Some of them are going to manage to stick. Some of them aren't going to make it. But if they make good beer and are good to their customers, charge a good price, they're going to be around for a while. That's a very sound uh, philosophy you have. And Philly is a hotbed. I mean, we, we call it the Fertile Crescent here. You know, we have, uh, you know, Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We have three states with great brewing traditions, and, uh, you know, we, we support them. We, we, we just had a beer tour. That was our last event of Beer Week. Okay. We took 50 of our customers and some of our staff and went to three breweries in the Delaware Valley, Yards, uh, Boxcar, which is the new, new, one of the newer ones, and um, uh, Twin Lakes down nice. in Delaware. And they just had a ball going around, meeting, meeting the brewers, drinking their beer, and uh, getting together. It seems to me that as long as the bar's been standing, uh, and even within your ownership, you might have two different customer bases. You've got the people who think that McGillan's has been their pub for 20 years, and then you've got the new crowd looking for the, the latest craft beer that you put sure. on tap. Uh, uh, we've got even more than that. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, you've got tourists, you've got... Uh, you know, when you say 20 years, we have people that have, been co- that have come here. I had a couple come in here. He was celebrating his 90th birthday and was her their 70th anniversary. Wow. And they met at McGillan's. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and we hear that not every day, but we hear stories similar to that. Oh, we met here 40 years ago, 30 years ago, or my parents met here, whatever. Right. So, and then we have, you know, and we have lawyers that come in, we have business people, the city people who work for the city government. Sure. So we're right downtown, so we get a, and then tons and tons of students. See, that won't happen with my generation, Chris. What will happen is that in 20 years, people will be coming in and saying, Chris, I got divorced here. Like, I, I decided that I was that my life was over in your bar. <laughs> or, uh, you know, I, yeah, I had my first date from a lady I met on Match.com here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love this. What a great piece of history you run there. Thank you. Yeah, and you are. Are you personally coming to Philly? Yeah, we are. Uh, my company is hosting. It's uh, and it, it, uh, I almost feel uh, just infantile to say it. We're uh, hosting our eighth anniversary party at the World Cafe Live nice. uh, downtown there, and that'll be on Wednesday. We're kind of the kickoff party to the Homebrewers Conference. Uh, but then throughout the week, as the conference wraps up in the afternoon, we're headed to your place. I hope so. Yeah, I, w- I really want to come in and see it. Of course, there's a few places like we would like to go see. Monk's Cafe, you know. Yes. Uh, there's a few things. Hey, what about you? Uh, any recommendations for us that are your favorite spots? Well, you know, you, and then you got Nodding Head, not right around the corner from there. It's a, a brew pub. Triumph has a brewery here in town as well, small brew pub. And then, you know, you, you know every block has good beer here. Perfect. You know, I mean, there's, there, you know, it depends what neighborhood you're staying in. There's going to be good places. South Philly now is, is, a, is a hot spot. It used to be, hey, South Philly was for, uh, you know, Italian food, Italian restaurant. Now it's it's hot, just jumping with young people. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I just walk from Monks to here, and you know, there's going to be five places that you can uh, you can hit on the way. This might be uh, JP and Doc uh, the the one conference we actually get out of the conference hotel and go see some bars. Oh, please. Well, whatever hotel, don't spend your time there. I mean, walk the streets here. It's very walkable. Okay, good. That's what I like. Well, now we're going to, if we don't get out, we're going to be very, very sad. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it, it just sounds like a great place. We're going to come and, and check it out. you got about 3,400 of our closest friends coming to town for that conference. Can't so. wait. 
Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Chris, thanks so much for spending time with us. No, thank you for calling, and uh, you know, please uh, do stop in. I'm, I'm, I'm here almost every day, and I'm not here. My son is here. Okay, great. I will. I, I'm going to want to shake your hand, so I'll bug you when I get there. Me also. And and Chris, uh, is there a website we can give folks, our listeners, to find the place? Yep, we're on www.mcgillens.com. Uh, there we go. Yeah, we're just just. Go to McGillins and you'll find us. Okay. M-C-G-I-L-L-I-N-S. Perfect. Thanks so much, Chris. I look forward to meeting you. Thanks. Cheers. Take care. Bye. There you go. McGillins. Could you imagine, Justin, if you lived in a house adjacent to this studio and you had 13 kids there with you and you were trying to run this place <laughs> at the same time? It's a crazy thought. He's probably got 13 kids you know, somewhere. You know, there, there's, there is that. But then there's the other side of that, which is... It's the only way you could possibly raise 13 kids and have a job. Yeah, you're right, right there. Is that they're just that because you're down to hang on, shut up while I change the keg. I'll be right back, you <laughs> whiny little shit. You go change the keg. Do it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you're four, it's about time you start working. Yeah, get your little brother and do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I listen to Chris now. Now, I know Chris wasn't part of the McGillan family, but he said he's been in the business since he was 11. And you can be damn sure that all 13 of oh, those yeah. kids in the McGillan family uh, knew, knew part of that business, too. Oh, for sure. Oh, like one of them knew how to take out the garbage, and the other one knew how to clean up puke, and the other one, you know. Yeah, yeah, pick up, pick up the hookers off the floor. <laughs> All of that stuff. So it's not just boredom or Catholicism. It's I need labor. Right. Oh, yeah. Back That's then, that was what it was. Yeah. <laughs> now it's I have too much money, so I'm going to spend it on kids. That's terrible. 13 kids. Uh, it's well, an insane thought. As, as JP said, they didn't have cable. Yeah. I mean, that's a kid every nine months, right? Like, you don't, there's no break. They call, you know, I heard this term the other day Irish pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, which is always pregnant. Yeah, and I'm like, I didn't really understand. So it's like, you know, two kids within a year and a half or something, or two years of each other. Sure. Like, oh, talk about the fertile crescent. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, she she must have spent a minimum of what sixteen or seventeen years pregnant, just from like eighteen to thirty eight. Depends pregnant. on how it happened. Well, you got to factor. Let's do some math, everybody. Well, then you could have some yeah. twins uh, in there. I'll no, give her a break. That's what I was going to yeah, say. Without, without really getting too mathematical, you got to count twins. Um, yeah, but it's so you got to count then, that you know? also kids were coming out a little earlier too. So she could have been having Mrs. McGillan could have been having kids from like sixteen to thirty something. Yeah, that's true. Well, they yeah. had a lot of miscarriages. I was going to say then. realistically, like she probably was pregnant more times than that and yeah. didn't carry oh, absolutely. them all the way through. Oh dear! So you well, pick- thanks for bringing yeah. it down. Thanks, hey, Bebo. no problem. Thanks for pissing on our happy parade. I a bunch of I dead can. babies. Yeah. Boy, oh boy! How does that thought strike you, Bebo? Two decades straight, pregnant. horrifying. I'm being knocked that up. That makes my vagina hurt. <laughs> like thinking about that, <laughs> actually, like Sam's not going to do it. Like I've well never. I've I have yet to forget what childbirth was like. Right. They say you forget that pain. You do not. Yeah. It's a lie. Who says you forget that pain? <laughs> People who don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> You're having another one soon, though, right? Not soon. What, like a couple months? Uh, come on, you guys. <laughs> how long has it been now? How old's that one? Seven? <laughs> She's 19 months. <laughs> 19 months old. Oh, come on. You're behind the curve already. <laughs> no, what? because unlike other people, I would prefer to not be so poor and keep having kids. Who's that? About like Sam? to be a little more financially stable before <laughs> I bring another life into the world. Why is it Which 19 is- months? Why is it never a year and a half? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, because I think until they're two, you count them yeah, as months. Yeah, I was, yeah it's like 23 yeah, but, months. But it's still it's weird. I was with a friend once, I uh, and, and someone like said... Like, biblically? Or? Like, uh, how old how old's your kid? Like, a year? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. 13 months. Oh, 
<laughs> he was, he was kidding. Guy. No, he wasn't. And no, I just thought, I was I like, said, yeah, settle down. Month. Chuckles. The kid's a year. Year. <laughs> no, he was adamant. No, no, no. Not that. I mean, yeah, thirteen. Remember when you were a kid and you and you would count the halves and the quarters. Like I'm five and a quarter. Yeah. I'm five and a half. Oh, it was a big deal then. When does that stop? I wonder. As a child, like when do you stop caring? Well, I'm well, fucking. By the point dude. when you start rounding down. Rounding down. Yeah. Yeah. Or you get. Yeah. I'm almost. To I think. It's, <laughs> right. I think maybe it's when you get a job. And then it's like, oh, I can actually pay for myself now. I'm a big boy. Yeah, you don't have half years. Yeah, and then you stop counting. I start. I've stopped counting full years. <laughs> I'm still 15. Every yeah. Yeah, I'm done counting. <laughs> we can count for you. No, you don't need to do that. You should consider. You just keep counting babies. It's the one place where my lack of math skills comes in handy. Yeah. Because um, I, I mean it when I say it. I'm like, oh, I'm 32. I don't know how old and I am. And I could say it to you like with all the conviction in the world because yeah. I counted back to 1977 and to me, that's 32. You Have would you pass a lie detector. Have you ever forgotten how old you are? Yeah. Where you're like, wait yeah. a minute, how old am I? Yesterday, uh, today. Actually, about two weeks ago. <laughs> I do that, I do See, that a lot, you've actually. you it, too? Well, somebody asked, are you 52, 53? And I go, what are you now? Bye. I think. You know how I count your age? <laughs> Round down. I like to me when you turn fifty was like the day you're born. I only count from the day of your fiftieth okay. anniversary right. party. Yeah. And I, I so my I count back in liver years basically. <laughs> and I go, Oh yeah, Doc's uh oh he's fifty three. Yeah, that's how yeah. that's how my liver feels. That's how I know how old you are. Yeah, it's it. Tasty won't tell us. That's why I'm convinced yeah, on he's advice of counsel, I will not answer that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think he's he's that I'm already like three times the girl's age anyway. So you know, right. Why go for four? <laughs> I think he's too old to actually carbon date. I think we have to have some other form of of testing him. Oh, well, you yeah. cut him in half and count the rings. Yeah, tree <laughs> ring dating, tasty <laughs> ring dating. Right. <laughs> That's mean. Keith Mychek, otherwise known as Milo, uh, in the chat room, is hanging out with us in the studio. He's all the way out from uh, Arizona, land of, of the heat. What do you hear? Just for uh, the heat Apple yeah. bullshit? I'm, I'm here for the Nerdfest. Nerdfest at, How's at Apple. How's that MacBook yeah. Pro turning out? Hey, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty nice. They didn't give me one, though, when I got there. They didn't? They didn't, they didn't give it in all the gift bags? They gave me a crappy jacket, though. Oh, satin? <laughs> I got it downstairs. Nice. Gonna Members only? <laughs> <laughs> Sam will be jealous if Euro it's a members-only jacket. <laughs> All right. Like I said, we got a lot of things to do today. We're going to take a break here in just a minute. But cool. uh, still coming up, we got Tom Hennessy. He's the owner and head brewer of Colorado Boy Brewing uh, Brewery. And he's also uh, the author of Brewery Operations Manual, as well as created and hosted Frankenbrew back in 1995, uh, teaching us how to make uh, a brewery out of equipment that was not brewing equipment. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. If you want to call in, Bevo's on the phones, 888-401-BEER. You can also hit the chat button on the homepage and do it that way. Jip, uh, do we have a Twitter game for we, today? We do have a Twitter game for today. All right. Let's do some Twitter now so that we can have the show. Uh, Twitter game is brought to you today by Keystone Homebrew Supply. You can go to keystonehomebrew.com right now and check it out. You can also call them at 215-855-0100. Go check them out. They're a great supporter of the program. And uh, we're going to go see them when we're in Philly, actually. Uh, they're just outside of Philly, I do believe. Yeah, in there. Harrisburg. And they're supplying a bunch of stuff for the uh, for the guys that are doing the BN Club booth. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah, awesome. They're helping out the, the Brewing Network Club. Yeah, empty grain sacks and the like. So I love it. Thanks, Keystone. I also believe they're a sponsor of BNA8. So, uh, you know, a lot of reasons to go over to KeystoneHomebrew.com and thank them uh, for helping out the Brewing Network. Do we get to meet Keith Stone? I don't know if we do. All right, what's uh, Twitter game? So, apparently, uh, last week or the week before, Terrence had a dream. Our own Terrence the Black had a dream that he and I opened an ice cream parlor together. 
gay. <laughs> that yeah. is pretty gay. I, I uh, like ice cream. So fantasy. I would like to know what we should call it when we actually do this. JP and T-Bone's Ice Cream Shop. I, I just yeah. won. What's the name? What's the name? That's our Twitter game. Yes. All right, our Twiddle ha- Twitter Twiddle. Ugh, Twitter you. handle is Brewing Network, and right. send your answers. You will win a prize. We don't know what that prize is. JP selects them randomly from the prize bin. The big a, ass prize bin. Reach into the prize bin. Let me see what I find down in here. It's a dead baby from the 1860s. I told you we like history around here. All right, let's do this. We're going to take ourselves a quick break. When we come back, Tom Hennessy will be on the line with us. 888-401-BEER if you want to call in and ask questions yourself. Or hit the chat button on the homepage. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. 
That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. For nearly 15 years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer grain mill. Adventures in homebrewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego or Seattle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered that. And did you see that great custom-built brew stand? Yep, Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in homebrewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.org has been serving home brewers across the globe. Check out their innovative 2.5 gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable Serial Killer Grain Mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrewers Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. Bam! Adventures in homebrewing. Join the adventure at the Great Lakes home for homebrewing supplies online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. Join the adventure today. What could be better than great blues music and great beer? Rock your summer right at the 4th Annual Pleasant Hill Blues and Brews Festival. Saturday, July 27th from noon to 6 p.m. Come enjoy tasty beer, delicious food, and free live music featuring the Candy Cane Band, the Chris Cane Band, and many more. Unlimited beer tasting and VIP access available at beautiful Pleasant Hill Park. More than 25 of the best in some of the newest Bay Area breweries will be on hand, like La Junitas, The 21st Amendment, Sierra Nevada, Heretic, Lost Coast, Rocksteady, and Almanac Brewing. Get your tickets right now for the Blues and Brews Festival at bluesandbrewsfestival.com. And new this year, Friday night will be a pre-party concert. From 6 to 9 p.m., come enjoy the music of the Big Jangle. Don't miss the Pleasant Hill Blues and Brews Festival for great blues and great brews. Get your tickets today. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Blue Network. The session. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold. Right now.
Yes, sir. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. lot to do today. And uh, having fun doing it, too. Right now, we've got Tom Hennessy. He's the owner and head brewer of Colorado Boy Pub and Brewery. He's on the line with us. Tom, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks for being with us today. I appreciate it. Sure. Tom, sir, you are a legend in the brew world. You know this, right? Only in my own mind. <laughs> well, according to some of our listeners who wrote into us, in a lot of people's minds, man, you've been helping people uh, learn to get into the the craft beer industry for for quite some time. Yeah, I guess it's just if you're in the business a long time, that happens. <laughs> well, not always. Let's be honest. I mean, sometimes uh, people hole up in their own little brewery and, and keep their secrets in the corner, but that's never been your philosophy, has it? Well, from the very beginning, when I started our first brewery in 93, uh, Bill Carver, who owns Carver's in Durango, uh, really, he, he helped me a ton, and I had never seen that before, but that's the brewing world, so I just kind of made it a, a point to help anybody, you know, pass it along, help anybody who, since I was helped. So let's talk about that a little bit because you 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 were in the the restaurant business before you were in the brew pub business. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, we had restaurants and a wood oven pizzeria called Il Vicino. Okay. And what happened? Somebody came to you and said, "Hey, you know, you you could make beer here too." Yeah, it was a, it was this guy I knew. I didn't even know him very well. He was a coffee roaster, and he said, "You know, you should you should brew beer and you know put a brewery in this pizzeria." And I literally, I, I thought it was a great idea. I homebrewed three times. Okay. And and my, my partners, they didn't really care about the pizzeria that much because we had two other Italian restaurants. And next thing you know, they said, it's okay if I rip out the dish station and and put in this, what we called a Frankenbrew system. And that's what started it. Now, was it as easy as your friend said to just, hey, you should just brew beer and sell it here? Well, it was easy to it was easy to brew beer. It wasn't easy to brew good beer. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And as that's you said, true. you had only homebrewed what three times? You said three three times. Even though I did all grain, um, no, I mean I didn't know I didn't know anything about it. But uh, yeah, I started brewing, and then uh, I, I got in touch with uh, Bill Carver, and uh, his brewer, who was a Siebel uh, uh, graduate, um, Sean Wendling, who's now up in Alaska. He spent a day and a half with me. He charged me a ton of money, uh, <laughs> but it was the best money I ever spent because he showed me the Siebel methods back then, which was longhand for formulating recipes. And and then I just started reading everything I could, and you know, making better beer. I mean, yeah. still, it's it's good beer. It's not you know, most of the home brewers I meet can make better beer than me, but okay. uh, it's good beer. Sure. Well, I, I like that you at least, you know, you had a discerning palate and, and, and enough to realize that you needed some education on how to do this because because back when a lot of people were open craft breweries, I mean, there was a lot of bad beer being made and nobody cared. Well, everybody, people were getting into it for the money rather than the craft. When I got into it was uh, the people, uh, my peers was Adam Avery um, and Dave Thibodeau from Ska. And, okay. Uh, all these guys, but they had the passion, and I did too. And I mean, I think that's what makes the difference, you know. And I see it a little bit now too. Some people are thinking, oh, this is the next thing to get into to make some money. But yeah. The people I'm meeting, the home brewers that want to do it, they've got the passion. I think they'll do fine. Sure. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. We talked to some of our guests about that, that 
uh, we, we are seeing a little bit of a resurgence of that whole let's get into this to make some cash thing. Why do people still think that? Every time we talk to someone, there's they're always like, there's no money in it. 13% growth year after year after year. That's why people do it. But, it's, I, yeah. I, I mean, Tom, I think... You know, I, I think you alluded to this too. In, in my opinion, and I'll just throw the number out there. I still think nine out of ten of them still have passion for craft beer, though. Oh, they do. Yeah. It's when you see the really beautiful equipment, and I, I won't say all of those people. Like uh, one of our students um, who opened up Vault Brewing, they've got a beautiful setup, but they've got this incredible passion, and they're making amazing beers and doing really well yeah but we, we have others you know that are doing total franken brew and they're doing amazing beer too love it just just depends on your your wallet so what did that first brew system in that in the pizzeria look like it was a, a grundy tank um turned into a kettle it just had a wok burner underneath it it had another grundy tank that was chopped off um, turned turn into a mash tun, which is still being used today. Wow. Uh, uh, I actually wrote an article recently with a new brewer that traced that very tank. Um, it's, it's, it's got an amazing lineage right now. And then, uh, and then I had uh, unjacketed Grundy fermenters. And then from the Grundies, I went into another Grundy for conditioning and then served out of that until I figured out, no, you've got to have jacketed fermenters. And our very first real frankenbrew system we made our own jackets using copper coils but it wow. worked now just for uh, now i've seen them before but m- you know maybe some of our listeners haven't what was a grundy tank b- before you made it into a brewing vessel well the, this guy his name was grundy and uh, he started making these for bass ale and other places uh in the uk and they were used you know, they were tide houses back then until okay. kind of the late 70s. So, like, Bass Ale would go to its tide house pub, and it would pump from a big truck into these Grundy. Uh, they were they were 217 gallons, and they were underneath the bar. And then uh, the bartender would just pump it up, you know, using a, a beer engine. I see. And then they decided to go to kegs. Uh, in the late eighty or in the early eighties, and started just dumping them, and they—that was about when the craft brewing movement started, and they became available. I mean, you could pick up a Grundy for two hundred dollars back then. Wow! Solomon Grundy like fermentation. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're everywhere, and every major brewery you can think of has has had them. You know, and I like that you mentioned that because they are, and, and although more often now when I go on brewery tours, they're like the dusty thing in the corner. <laughs> now, not always. Now, sometimes they're still the main vessels, of course, but, uh, you know, you can kind of see them in the basement nowadays. Yeah, well, they're $2,000 now, and, and wow. I, I tell I tell our students, you know, if they they use Pro Brewer as their homepage, check it four times a day, and if a Grundy shows up, just buy it. Don't even look at it. Grab it. Yeah. It's the perfect universal vessel, right? Yeah. You can use it for anything. Yeah. But that, yeah, it's it's very it's not just in the last three years you just can't find used stuff anymore. Also don't look at it because they're ugly. <laughs> they are ugly. They're ugly, they? but yeah, but they're beautiful. Right at the same time, right. They're they, beautiful on the weak. inside. I mean yeah. they're they're a little steampunk ugly. You know, they've got that kind of it's a it is a cool a lot of bolts. You know, it's not of, right. Yeah. They're not Funky, like they're not like a yeah. perfectly welded conical. They're <laughs> no. like bolted together. Right. Yeah, but they're, the welds are beautiful inside, and two people can lift one up. And they they're only forty inches in diameter, and they're about five feet tall, so they're easy. I could probably do one on my own. So, how did you now? Now, of course, you're the author of of a brewery operations manual, and and then you you created the video Franken Brew, and we're going to talk about both of those in detail. But but how did you learn to put this equipment together? And make it work. 
I I just went to uh, look at breweries and uh, specifically McMinimins up in the Northwest. Um, those guys they still brew that way. They still you they've got they they own most of the Grundies in the U.S. I'm convinced. Wow. And uh, I love I just love those guys. I mean, they they use kind of crappy equipment. They make beer that I'm, I don't want to offend them, but it's probably flawed. But wonderfully hoppy and chewy and yeah. and and local and inexpensive. I mean, they, they're a great operation. That is probably the best description of a McMinimins I've ever heard because I love them too. Not only is their equipment kind of Frank and Brew, so are their pubs. Oh yeah, oh easily. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but that's the charm of them. They're as unique as their systems. I mean, what's the one in Oregon where it's not just their pub, but they they made a hotel out Edgefield. of an old schoolhouse? Oh no, the Kennedy uh, School. Yeah, yeah, well, Ed- the Kennedy School. But the Edgefield is a it's a it's a brewery winery distillery golf course movie theater fine restaurant hotel right and pub maybe just start listing the things they don't do it'll be easier <laughs> right they don't make aircraft carriers. but they there's such a charm to to uh-huh. to what they do that and, and and i think you're right about the beer too the it's it's okay it's you it's a nice pint of beer uh the charm makes up for for everything else it's just part of it i think oh yeah it's great yeah. I'll get that. You want me to get that for you, Tom? Somebody will get it. If it's the president, tell him I'm busy. <laughs> if that's, if that's Obama again, I don't have time. Yeah. He's always trying to get in on things. Barry, just chill out, Barry. I'll be with you when I can be with you. <laughs> All right. So you you end up writing the, a, a brewery operations manual. And, and what makes you do this? Because it sounds like you're an entrepreneur, but you really are taking on an educator role. Well, you know, we we started teaching a course on how to open breweries at Colorado Boy about three years ago, and we only do one a month because it's not our main thing, and I get a request every other day, at least for a class, and I feel sorry for these people, you know, because there's just not a lot of information out there, so I thought I would take the information we teach and put it into book form. I see. And at least there'd be something, and, and it would be residual income, and it would be kind of a fun project. Got it. And what does your your class consist of, consist of that you do? My notes are saying that you only take on one student at a time. Yeah, it's it's one on one. It's it's basically more of a mentorship program. Um, it's almost like we've got this little fraternity of students. Um, they spend three to four days with us. We go through their project. We help them design it. They do everything in the brewery, but it's mainly also the business system. Wow. Uh, and we do everything, but then it continues on until they until they open uh, Benson Brewery, which is getting ready to open in Omaha or Benson, which is outside of Omaha. Uh, those guys took our class two and a half years ago, I think, um, and they're just now getting ready to open. It's going to be really cool. Mischief Brewing in uh, uh, in Phoenix uh, took the class, I think, over two years ago. They just came out to Ridgeway, bought a new kettle from. A friend who we taught how to build kettles wow. and bought my original mash ton from Colorado Boy, and they're even going to keep the sticker on the side. So it takes them some time, but we keep working with people until they're open, and then afterwards we're all friends. So you know, right? This sounds like the best brewing brewing class on earth. A, a lot of times when we talk to uh, professional brewers on the program, I'll ask them how they feel about formal brewing education. And of course, they'll all say that that it's a valuable tool, and 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 some even say it's it's imperative. But most often, we hear, you know, if you the the real world experience is what you need. And and what you're saying is you're taking a guy right into your brew pub and showing them how to brew the beer, how to run the equipment, then how to run the business, and then help them all the way to market 
This is the best brewing class on on the planet. Well, it's 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 all about getting it. Well, it's ego driven. You know, we've had um, fifty five students, and we've got thirty breweries open, and that wow. so that makes me look good. Um, <laughs> that it does, yeah. But 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 it's you know it's more than I, I'm assuming that most people can brew beer, so we're not really teaching how to brew beer. We're teaching how to brew beer on a big system. Okay. Um, you know, some have really hardly any experience, but most are. You know, they come in and. They're like asking me about the Mallard re- reaction of this and that. And I'm like, I don't know. Here, put the grain in here. <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, there's another book for that. The it's ma- not this class. Yeah, the Mallards will show up in a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So it's a very it's a practical education. It's a crash course. It's a crash course. They clean kegs. They do everything. But we also do yeast cell counts, you know, and all that. And, and we also design a system for them that they can afford. Hopefully, most people that take the class haven't bought their system yet. I love it when they sh- they show up. I ask them, you know, what's your budget for equipment? And they say 100 150 or whatever. They go, oh, great. I just saved you fifty or 75000 Wow. Because uh, we can we – can, you can source the equipment out there and have a really nice seven-barrel system for about 50000 You can go less really? than that if you frank and it. Tom, you are speaking heresy on this program. <laughs> Everybody who comes on here talks about the, you know, a million-dollar brewery. Who they had oh, to borrow yeah. from. And right. That's who they had to kill crazy. For it. It's crazy. I, I, I know. I, I, I went to a talk um, at the brewers conference and they're like going you're you, you know like the winers guys say you, you take to make a million dollars in the wine business you need two million it's just not that way if you look at like again uh, at ska and avery and all those guys i mean yeah they totally frankenbrewed everything at the beginning sierra nevada being the best example sure and that's how you grow you save your cash you know eventually those the, you get those really nice systems but you do it when you can afford it right that makes sense and, you know, I, so I, I got to, I stopped in at Lagunitas this week, Tasty, on my way out, and I was lucky enough to run into the owner. And he was mentioning, they're very open over at that brewery, and, you know, they're spending a lot of money on equipment right now. But right. but the way he was explaining to me is, he was like, every dollar I spend at this point in our career is a dollar saved. Because it's, you know, at the volume that we're doing, it, we're, we're saving on staff, we're stav- saving on hours, we're saving on everything, so... It, spending money at this point is where you do it, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But they—that was Lagunitas. I mean, they've been around a long time. They're right. great brewers, and they started with, you know, small equipment too. Sure, they've been through their Frankenbrew phase, right? Right. Yeah, every, yeah. Everybody does it. So, do I have to be a master welder, or or is is the the video Frankenbrew and the brewery operations manual going to even guide a dummy like me through it? Yeah, you don't have, you don't have to be a master welder. You can find a welder out there. Um, the hard part, well, the hard part is your conditioning your conditioning tanks um, because there just isn't there aren't any Grundies out there. But a basic you know bathtub dairy tank is a great hot liquor tank, a great mash tun, and a great fermenter. And you can pick those up still for five hundred bucks to fifteen hundred. Okay, they're cheap. Um, the kettle is another story. Um, uh, uh, Nigel Askew at Horsefly Brewing up in Montrose, just north of us. He's just has he actually has a couple Grundies that he's got as kettles, and he's got some other tank he's going to fire and turn it into a fifteen barrel kettle, not spend any money. Wow! So you could you know this stuff's out there, and you know 
you, you say that you can find a welder, and a lot of people are just finding their buddies that they've known for a while. So, you know, one guy's an electrician, the other guy's a welder. For me, Doc is all those things. I just I call <laughs> Doc, and you you do my electricity, my welding, my everything. But well, everybody wants to help with a brewery. I mean, that's it's easy to do trades and things like that, so you don't need as much cash. And that's a big part of it, isn't it? I mean, you really have to reach out to the resources. I think you're right. Everyone wants to help a brewery. Well, in the book, I, I, I outline three steps. The first step is money, and I show how to how you get there. You know where you know because part of it is going to be trades. Okay, um, you can save a bunch that way. It's going to be family friends. It's going to be selling some things, maybe a four hundred one k, and it might be getting the landlord to pitch in a little bit of tenant improvement. But you can come up with. And then the other thing is 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 getting a, a good facility to start with. You know, I always say if you can find that existing restaurant turn into a pub you know you're gonna not gonna spend any money right because everything's there that's a good call hmm. yeah, and you don't have to worry about uh yeah yeah that makes sense well like and it's outlets it's, and and all that kind of stuff drains right? drainage the floor yeah. behind the yeah. bar i mean there's a number of things that are so special to a, a a restaurant and and for that matter a bar or at least they'll save you money yeah you know well, there, there is. I, I did a uh, i did a talk in colorado springs uh, about frankenbrew and uh i was staying in this hotel right off the highway and right in front of this Hilton was a Chick-fil-A for lease. And I was going, that is a perfect little pub. It's right on the highway on a major road, right in yeah. front of a hotel. Yeah. It's got bathrooms up to code. The office already has a safe. It's already got a sound system. It's got floor drains. It's got ventilation, HVHC, all that stuff. Sure. You just got to paint it and decorate it and make it funky. So in some ways, people need to stop walking into, and I'm just going to throw it out there because it's the grand example. They got to stop going to Stone Brewing World Headquarters and say, well, this is the only way to open a brewery. Right. You know? Yes, yes. And, and you can only drive a Ferrari. I mean, <laughs> start somewhere. <laughs> right. Sure. I'm still fine with my Volkswagen, uh, my really old Volkswagen, and I could open in a shitty old building. That'd sure. be fine by me. We did. I think that's yeah, true. <laughs> First it was my house, and now it's this one. Right. <laughs> well, what you have to do, one thing we teach is this thing we call the oyster, which is, uh, which is basically the concept, uh, and it's made up of the music, the lighting, temperature, cleanliness, and stage setting. So it's like, what are you going to do that's going to make your business different from everybody else? Um, some students of ours are opening up a place called McLeod uh, Brewing in uh, um, L.A., and he's Scottish, and she's a bagpipe teacher. I said, well, how about doing an all-cask-ale brewery? And they're in a warehouse. But it, by being an all-cask-ale brewery, all of a sudden they stand out in California where there's 300-something right. you know, breweries. This is an excellent point. you got to find your, your niche in the market, right? Yeah. and there's it's, it's not the same pie. Just invent new pies. Sure. Well, how, how do you walk the line, though, between standing out and limiting your, yourself and limiting your customer base? Well, if you're in a town like where I am, where we have 800 people, yeah, you can't do that. But <laughs> if you're in L.A., there's enough people for your particular niche, I would think, to satisfy your needs. That's a good point. And you got to look at each market where you're opening up in that sense. Yeah. Do yeah, you I mean, we, Go ahead. Well, we, you know, we brew basic English-style ales. I like... I like, you know, easy drinking beers that appeal to everybody. I love Cascale. You have opened and sold five different brew pubs. Yes. And you're on your sixth now. Yeah, well, actually, two of them were microbreweries. Okay. Uh, one of them was a, pa- a big packaging brewery. 
Do you just are you are you do you build it and and you get bored? You got to go build the next one, is or has this or do you feel like this has happened accidentally? Well, uh, four of them were with Il Vicino, which was a company I founded. Okay, uh, and I was with them forever. Um, the Palisade Brewery was a big packaging brewery, and I just wanted to try that out—the whole packaging thing. And I mean, I got to hand it for people that do that. I hate that business. Oh, that, really? That's a tough business. So you mean uh, actually just producing bottled beer in volume is what? You yes. Mean. Okay. Yes, doing that whole thing, and uh, so then we moved to uh, Ridgeway and. Uh, my wife and I were hiking in Scotland uh, for our anniversary, and th- these little pubs and breweries were so cool. I just, I just made me want to open a very small, little, intimate pub where there were no TVs. People could share a pint, talk, and and Ridgeway was perfect for that. Got it. We're keeping it though. <laughs> this, this is the one you're staying. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You've ne- you didn't make that announcement about any of the other ones. No, I never did. I like it. Okay, then I believe you. Yeah, man, I was worried. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, let's do this. Uh, I'd like to take a quick break because I think we've got some of your beer to try, yeah, too, we do. from Colorado oh. Boy uh, mm-hmm. Brewing. So I know this. if we could take a break, I want to come back and talk more about Frankenbrew also because we haven't gone into the video too much. I want to try your beer and get some questions from our listeners. Can you hang out okay. for a sec? Yeah, you got it. All right, we're going to do a quick uh, five-minute break here, folks. If you can hang in there with us, we'll come back with Tom Hennessy. He's the owner and head brewer at Colorado Boy Pub and Brewery, also the author of Brewery Operations Manual, and he created Frankenbrew. Lots of information to be gleaned. 888-401-BEER if you want to ask, or hit the chat button and send your questions over to Bevo. We'll be right back. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and 
eZymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Ah, Tim, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about my favorite heretic beer, Shallow Grave Porter. I love the rich, multi-character of this beer. While full and rich, Shallow Grave has an easy-drinking finish that isn't too sweet. I've always loved my homebrew porter recipe, so when it's time to brew Heretic Shallow Grave, I started with that in mind, but I tweaked it with all my latest recipe ideas. Just like in homebrewing, I made sure we used only the finest malts, malts that would produce the ideal flavor for this beer. We used select British malts to get the rich chocolate and caramel flavors that we spared no expense. The result is a beer as dark as a moonless night with hints of vanilla, coffee, and chocolate. Perfect for a cool evening out in the woods. Cheers. Brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. What's funny is brewers will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer. <laughs> you know? The, yeah. the home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session.
program. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're looking for a way to design your recipes at home and use the best brewing software out there, go to Beersmith.com. Get your free 21-day trial right now. Also, they've got Beersmith Mobile on sale right now for the iPhone, the iPad, the Android, the Kindle Fire. You can go check it all out. Make your recipes on the go. It's a badass little piece of software. It works both on... uh, the uh, Microsoft platform as well as the Apple uh, platform. and uh, But you don't have to take our word for it. You can use your free 21-day trial. I'm pretty confident that you're going to love it, and so is Beersmith. Uh, we use it here now because it's just awesome. It's up-to-date, and it's it's really good stuff. Check it out over at Beersmith.com. We're still talking to Tom Hennessy. He's the owner and head brewer of Colorado Boy Pub and Brewery, and he's also written uh, a brewery operations manual. Uh, which is a complete to-do list that will guide you through the maze of events necessary to open your own brewery without spending the family fortune. He also created and hosted the video Frankenbrew, and uh, that'll even show you how to do it, which is which is better for me. I'm, a, I'm, I'm that dumb. I need to see it. I want the video just to do it. <laughs> I want to plug the video into a robot. <laughs> and have the robot And have the it. robot just do it. Absolutely. Uh, what made you, Tom, decide to do the video uh, Frankenbrew? Back in, in 95 you did it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. I've got dark hair, which I don't have anymore. Um, Well, I think I even explained it in that video. It's when I started going to McMinnums and everything. I couldn't speak the language. I didn't know what a triclamp was. I didn't. It was really difficult, and um, and that's when I think brewing was starting to take off. Then and JV Northwest and all these great companies were selling very expensive systems. So I just thought it it would be fun to do this video showing you know how you could do it cheaply, the, like the McMinimum way. So that's kind of the genesis of it. Got it. And obviously, you know, created based on your research of those type of pubs, but then in in your own experience doing it as well. Yeah, I, I had it. In, uh, let's see, the one in Salida and the one in Albuquerque, and then I. Uh, interviewed different breweries that were doing the same thing i mean if i could redo the video today i'd probably cut out this one guy who's in santa fe who talks forever and ever and yeah. he didn't survive everybody else is you know they survived and were great but got it i could get rid of him now you, <laughs> you talk about that from a from a video perspective and, and i can understand that we mm-hmm. i would cut out half of every show we've ever done uh, what? but <laughs> but what i want to ask more is what about between now and then some of the the tutorials that you've given and the even advice that you've given about equipment is there anything that has really changed in in the last several years i'm I may have told you this in an email, but the one thing that's in that video that I wouldn't do is in the in the conditioning tanks, I show a standpipe that I make out of PVC one inch PVC you just kind of jam it in the bottom and that works great. The pH is low, blah, blah, blah. But in, in that video, I was using it as my racking arm in the fermenters. And I would never do that to this day. And then the other thing is the, uh, the false bottom I have for the mash tun is just a, you know, it's just a, a, a you know, perforated false bottom that's in the bottom. And you, even when you look at the video, you can see how much grain's going through. That's yeah. crazy. Um, I've since discovered the basic homebrew method of, if you just use a copper pipe and you make the slits one every inch, yeah, it it lauders beautifully. Really, uh, that that's oh, yeah. better than an actual screen on there in in the, yeah. and, on mean, your scale. V wire V wire is probably the best, but it's as good. Sorry, it works. Wow. Yeah. 
That yeah, surprises me. That's that's what I had um, when I started Colorado Boy. I just went with one of those, and and I used it for three years. I have a regular mash tun now, but I, it worked so well. I didn't Vorloff. Uh, I didn't recirculate because, you know, what you're supposed to do is you don't transfer from the uh, from your ferment uh, your mash tun to your kettle until you have less than five grams of solids per uh, one thousand uh, milliliters. I mean, yeah, five five milliliters per 1,000 milliliters of solids, then you know you're good. In, in that Frankenbrew video, you can just see tons of grain. I see. It's crazy. <laughs> but then, yeah. Other than that, I mean, everything else is, yeah, totally works. Still pretty the same. I mean, yeah. I do like that about brewing technology. It makes our job difficult on the show sometimes because we're, we're, a lot of times we're asking for new uh, tips and tricks, but, but they're a little bit far in between, few and far between. Well, I, st- I actually have this idea for another book, and I, s- I started it, um, but I've got yeah, – I, I just did finished a pizzeria, so I, I haven't had time. But it was, it was basically called Franken Brewers, and, and it's like 100 different ideas from different breweries of what people have done, which are really great ideas, like uh, Glenwood Canyon in Colorado has this system for uh, transferring to the bright tank and carbonating in line – and it's like it saves them, you know. I mean, it's like immediately carbonated, and it's a total Frankenbrew thing. Doesn't cost anything. So I just I, I need to finish that and just put all these ideas together and just put it out there. Put it out another one, yeah. Sure. Now you can just put it on iTunes. You know, you don't even have to create the DVD. No, yeah, no, no, no more videos. <laughs> it gets even easier. What do yeah, you have against DVD? So. Yeah. We haven't learned that lesson here at the Brewing Network yet, but uh, <laughs> I hear you can do that. <laughs> it's what you can do. Here you cannot also. Now we're drinking your Irish Red Ale from Colorado Boy uh, Pub and Brewery. What can you tell us about this beer? Give us uh, some of the recipe details, if you don't mind. Well, first of all, I can tell you, I, I, I took that bottle, filled it up off the tap, capped it, and sent it to you. Well, <laughs> now not, here, I knew this for two reasons. One is that you told me already that you hate packaging beer, and two, it's that you taped your label onto the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> but uh, we well, appreciate did, you I, sending us beer. No, for the GABF, I do, you know, counter pressure and I pre-evacuate the bottles and do all that. But, you know, it, it, it's like filling a growler. It's, you're going to drink it right away. It's, it's, right. It's fun. But anyway, that, that beer is one of our most popular. We've won uh, different medals with it. Um, and the key is, uh, is malt. I actually used to scorch the malt in the, uh, in the brew kettle. And at the GABF last year, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but when we were brewing that beer, I, we, we used to do a 12-minute scorch, and then we would turn it off, the kettle off, until the beer, the word got to a certain level, and then we turn it back on. And uh, Elliot is, is our brewer. I'm going, Elliot, let's go 18 minutes. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm trying the beer at the GABF, and I'm going, why does this taste like burnt tobacco? Oh, no. <laughs> So, so I've, I've actually gotten away from scorching altogether. Now, when you when you say scorching, it sounds like you have an actual process down there. there you're, is it just a couple of inches of wort that you're actually... Well, I, I turn the kettle on. What I used to do is I turn the kettle on as soon as the wort's going in, and it's it sizzles for 12 minutes oh. before I turn it off to create a uh, more of a candy-like quality. But it's it's essentially um, a, a two-row with uh, 120 Love a Bond, uh, some Vienna malt, some 40 Love a Bond, a uh, handful of roasted barley, I'm not sure what else. Um, and then uh, some Kent Goldings in the Whirlpool. Okay. Nugget for um, bittering. See, and you pretend you don't know anything about melanoidins. 
Like, is that, isn't that yeah. cancer? He's too <laughs> mellow about it. <laughs> you can definitely taste those kind of caramely, um, you know, mallard reactions. Yeah, definitely. It's a very, it's a nice traditional. Yeah, Irish red. Yeah, it's yeah. People love it. Uh, w- w- can you talk to us about yeast? Uh, something that homebrewers can get. Do you use one of the? I I, I try to use uh, just a big flocculation bomb. So I'm using like White Labs. Uh, two, okay, uh, which is based off of Fuller's ESB yeast, is my house yeast. Uh, it ferments really fast. Um, I give it a really healthy diacetyl rest. Now, I used to back when I had Il Vicino, we won a lot of medals with um, Ringwood, Pride of Ringwood, eleven eighty seven, which ah. I love. I love that yeast, but it's 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 more temperamental. And so, for a house yeast, this one is really easy and clears up really well and ferments fast. Guys, we haven't so, heard Pride of Ringwood on the show in quite some time. I, I haven't heard a brewer mention that one. I, I am familiar with it. I've never used it either, but... Uh, I still use it occasionally. But our yeast, the way it is, I can brew... If I brew on a, on a Tuesday, um, it will be fermented, ha- uh, have its diacetyl rest, and and uh, and drop it out, drop the temperature, and I can transfer it to a conditioning tank the following Monday and brew back into the same tank on uh, Tuesday. So Wow. For for you guys that want to save some money, that will a good yeast like that will do it. Okay, you, you have less tanks. What about temperature for the Engl- for the Fuller's uh, yeast that you're using? Uh, I'm fermenting at 69. Okay, that's a li- that's a, a little bit on the warm side. You- well, it's uh, I think it's 64 to 70, 71, something like that. I see, and that's just where it kind of dials in in your in your fermenters. I'm really happy with it. Yeah, yeah. And how fast is that ferment for you with the Fuller's? It's like it's pretty much done in four days. That's then, the same. Okay, and then yeah, and I should mention what we're using for fermenters um, to save space. I kept looking at these tanks from St. Pat's of Texas, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're Latina wine tanks. Um, they're thirty two hundred dollars for a thousand liters, which I can pretty much do seven barrels unless it's a high gravity beer. And they're beautiful tanks. They're they're jacketed, but they're not insulated. But I've lagered in them. Okay, they're thirty-two inches in diameter. That reminds me, you mentioning them being jacketed and not insulated. I just wanted to ask you about the you mentioned earlier fermenters that you built that had a copper coil jacket on them to keep them temp controlled. Right, uh, I, I, I coiled uh, copper around, and then that uh, that's what circulates the glycol, and then I I just took some bubble wrap and put it around. What they were is three-and-a-half-barrel Grundies I used to have, and I stretched okay. them. Oh. I, had them sh- I had them stretched to seven barrels. How do you even do You just huh. add metal to the middle? Yeah, I took it to this place called Dairy Engineering in Denver. They hated me for it because it was really difficult for them to do. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they basically lopped the top off and then extended it and okay. then added it back on. And then you literally just wrapped your standard kind of copper coil around it, ran a Soft, glycol yeah. system through... Yeah, I created a header. Um, it shows it on uh, Frankenbrew, I think. Um, uh, it almost looks like a, a a gate or something, and it gets wrapped around and tight. And then you take a rubber mallet and you just gently pound the, <laughs> the copper to right. flatten it out a little bit. 
It works. <laughs> See, Tom is awesome because uh, the technology that he's talking about yeah. is exactly the same technology that people are spending a lot of money for. Of course, it's refined. I, I don't mean yeah. to say it's not. The, somebody else is refining it and charging you a premium for that. Uh-huh. But the technology is exactly the same as Tom's describing. Right. And you can do it at home. Yeah. Or not at home, but you can do it on your own. Sure. For less, well, and it works. Well, see, I think I think what I would do is I would take a keg as a home brewer, uh, just a basic keg, and I would take the middle section, which is kind of indented on a regular keg, a half yeah. barrel, yeah. and then and I would wrap coil around that. I'd put a tri-clamp in the bottom, and it would make an awesome fermenter. And then what I would do to control it is I would go on eBay and buy a... Uh, a water cooler, you know, an old water cooler. You can sometimes they're like twenty five bucks. Yeah, they they have little compressors, and I'd hook that up to it, Love and you'd it. have this amazing little fifteen gallon. So it would be, I would use it for ten gallons, and you'd have totally controlled fermentation. That's There's no reason why it wouldn't work. This is a great idea. Our sponsors hate you right now, Tom. <laughs> well, the, they shouldn't. They shouldn't because everybody that's done Franken Brew yeah. is now has a JV Northwest system or they've got some really great 20-barrel system. Sure. No, and you're absolutely right. And even our homebrew sponsors, they know this. They you know, they started you know, showing people how to build this stuff too. And, and again, you can buy the refined version or you can do it yourself. And yeah. they don't care either way. Well, it just gets you started. Once you once you get started, you're hooked, and then you're you're, you're good. Try just try to find a brewer that's not expanding or buying more equipment, home brewer or regular brewer. Exactly, that's true. Tom, you mentioned that uh, these fermenters were thirty two inches in diameter, and then you also said that they're thirty two hundred barrels or thirty two hundred gallons. I guess that's a hundred barrels. Uh, no. How tall are these things? No, no, they're not. They're they're oh. seven barrels. They're they're seven thousand barrels. Oh, I thought you oh, two hundred sixty five gallons. Well, are so they're, they're about eight feet tall. I think they're pretty tall. Yeah, got it. And that, I was just going to add that you you know at the higher uh, taller tanks like that you can ferment at higher temperatures. Uh, oh, the, pre- oh, the pressure will restrain the yeast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they, a, they work they work great. Yeah. For lagers and uh, and ales. Oh, so you lager as well. Yeah, uh, in the winter when we have a little more capacity, I always do like I I, I love this Dortmunder lager. We do, and we do pilsners and what what else? Very you nice. Know, we fit in. I mean, our our entire brewery, restaurant, seating area, uh, storage, office, bathroom, kitchen is twelve hundred square feet. Whoa! Colorado boy is small. Wow! Yeah, you but are it's, doing it's it. It's a right. seven barrel system. And I have in my notes, and I just bring this up because of of. The, the size that you're talking about and the, and the and the capacity you know a lot of a lot of brewers come on and tell us you know to to well to make the real money if you're going to make a whole bunch of money you you got to make more beer it sounds like your philosophy is a little different especially when i read that you and your wife are part-time rangers like park rangers yeah that's we've done that for the last 10 years so you're really at the fun. brewery you know enough of the time to to make your you know brew the seven barrels of time and then you're off gallivanting in the woods, helping Smokey out. Yeah, like Brickleberry. Well, I love it. We were now we're now we just opened another business. But uh, wow, <laughs> there's a really good philosophy that uh, my friend Mark Youngquist uh, he used he used to be head brewer for Rock Bottom. He now is a really cool little brewery in Dolores, Colorado. Okay, Dolores Brewing Company, and he says I'd rather sell uh, 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 less beer for more than more beer for less. Yeah. And so that's again gets into the whole packaging thing. If you brew seven barrels a week, and you know you, you that's your little brewery, and you've got a tasting room, you sell seven barrels a week. You know that's about twenty five thousand dollars a month in beer sales. You can live off that. Sure, absolutely. 
See, these are numbers I like to hear from you. You're a very practical brewer, and, and we just don't hear it that often. So it's nice to hear somebody say, look, if you're making the right decisions, you can do this. Oh, yeah, as long as you don't have, you know, uh, you know, big rent and big costs. But, I mean, that's literally brilliant. If you brew once a week, it's a three-day work week. I that's love seven that. barrels. I quit, that's guys. Why, that's why you do <laughs> nano, nano if you have to, but if you can afford it, go seven barrels. Right. See? Everyone's been telling me all these years that you can't do it, and I'm ready to quit now. I love this three-day work week. Well, you can do it in addition to this. You don't need to quit. Oh, then i got to work uh, four days here and three days there. But it involves brewing beer. Yeah, that's the problem yeah. <laughs> for me. Plus, you got a bartender. Don't forget that. Oh, that's true. That's the fun part. Yeah, I can sling some drinks. That's okay. <laughs> what do we have here in Moscow? What's in our glass here, Scott? Uh, this is the IPA. I love the flavor, the hot flavor of this IPA. Now it's not yes. uh, it's not the big uh, yeah. West Coast IPA that we have in here sometimes, but it has a very very nice and distinct hop flavor to it. Well, hopefully it's got balance. It's got enough malt to balance it. I'm, I, it does. I, I don't want to. I don't want to do IPAs that, that rip the enamel off your teeth. No, nope. it's so, balanced and it's not. And, and I think what I mean is that it's a very clear and it's distinct. It's not a muddled hop flavor. It's morphed over the years, but that basic recipe, I the first medal I got was a bronze medal at the JBF in 95, and then a World Beer Cup gold in 96. Nice. And I, it, I've, I've changed it with hops and a few things, but it's essentially the same recipe I've been brewing forever. And back then, the high, uh, the high um, Play-Doh... Uh, high gravity for IPA was 15 Play-Doh, and that's what that beer is. <laughs> okay. Now, the low is 14.7, I think. <laughs> right. So so, uh, so people must come in and say, oh, you, this is a nice pale ale of, that you have here. <laughs> well, well, now what I do is I enter it in the ESB category. That's where we got a bronze a couple years ago at the GBF. Oh, I could see that doing very well as an ESB. Can yeah. you tell what, what hops are in it? Um, uh, it's got uh, local hops for bittering, which is... Um, um, nugget uh, that are grown in western Colorado. Okay. I've gotten away from Centennial. I've gotten away from Cascade. I'm using Crystal, which are local, and I'm using Simcoe, which is unobtainium these days. Yeah, we hear that quite a bit right now. Yeah, I actually got the I got Simcoe from New Belgium Brewery because I know them. <laughs> ah, very nice. I'm sure they have large Simcoe contracts. That yes, they do. <laughs> That's that's very nice, and it, it's is it dry hopped as well? Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's dry hopped with Crystal and Simcoe, uh, massively dry hopped. What is your most popular beer there? It's, it's the Irish and the IPA. That's why I sent that's you those cool. too. Got Everybody it. likes those. We try to keep those on tap all the time, yeah. And we do cask versions of them, and then uh, and then whatever else. <laughs> Basically, we show up at the at the brewery and say, "What do we feel like brewing this week?" Okay. Oh, what a great philosophy. How many beers are on tap? I've got seven right now, which includes a cask, which is a lot because I only have four um, Grundy tanks. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. So I'm monitoring the, the, the chat to keep, or not the chat, the Twitter to keep up with the Twitter game. And uh, Brewing Mischief says, meaning Tom Hennessy is one of the best things that has happened to me. Wow. Head on over to the Brewing <laughs> Network and listen to him speak his wisdom. Okay. One Love of the that. best things. No one's ever said that about us. <laughs> well, think of, I mean, this is kind of what I keep saying about Tom is the, the, in this practical view that he has. It sounds like you can go in and talk to Tom and come out going, wait a second, I actually can do this without selling everything I own. 
Well, that's the idea. Yeah. But I bet you could talk to a lot of other breweries, and they would they would help you too. Okay. Anyway. Uh, let's see. I did have a couple questions come through from the chat for me too. Uh, Fierce Beard in the chat room wants to know if you'll be publishing uh, your books as eBooks anytime soon because he's made the yes. switch to eBooks. Yes, by, hopefully by the end of summer I'll have it. What what I want to do, which would be really cool with the ebook version, is there'll be links to videos, um, and it could be a thirty minute video showing how to do one thing. I've been posting a bunch of little videos on our website, coloradoboy.com. So they'll be like that, really amateurish, but they show, you know, you know how a tri clamp fits or something. But that's awesome. You know, I, I'm glad that you bring up that they're really amateurish. You know, it, amateur is the new professional in terms of short videos and content. And just don't be afraid to put a video. Okay, if you know what you're doing and you're actually showing some real content, yes. it does not matter anymore that it's amateur because people want to watch. It, they want to watch it on their phone. They want to watch it in two minutes. They would. It's just about the information. But it, that's but that's what you said. The key right there is short. Yeah. No one wants a nine minute video on how to do something because you're going to lose people. Right. Two, but if three minutes and under, that's it. If Tom's jumping on there and showing me how to use a, a tri-clover clamp, I mean, I think a lot of people would, Love it. you know... Yeah. You have a nine minutes for a tri-clover clamp. <laughs> right. clamp. Tom, how long, how long does it take you to connect a tri-clover clamp? Uh, it's seconds. Here's the, here's the key, <laughs> really, really quick. With the tri-clamp, tri uh, yeah. is you put the clamp on the top so that the, the clamp part falls down and lets gravity hang there so that then you can lower you can take the bottom part and bring it right up and you can do it with one hand a lot of mm-hmm. people do it the other way around and i don't know if that makes sense what i just said but the the joint the, the, yeah. the joint the joint goes on the top yeah, let, let gravity work yeah for it so, does yeah, make one, sense one handed deal and I timed it, and it took him 18 se- seconds to deliver that message. And that is fantastic information. You got your, you got your yeah, insert. Yeah, really do. It wouldn't take that long. You got your out. So you're 25, 26 seconds, dude, right there. Boom. Yeah. Uh, another, I don't know what his name is, but another chat room uh, listener writes in, uh, I would like to know if Tom helps, uh, I think he's talking about your students that come through the class, if he helps them troubleshoot their beers to make the beers better after they open, or do you take a hands-off approach to the beer side of the business? No, we do. We do. We've, we actually, uh, our, our, all the uh, past students, we've got a forum, our own little forum, so we all help each other. So people post questions about anything on our forum, um, and then it's every you know all the guys who've opened their own breweries or the ones that are in planning. We all kind of kick in and and problem solve. So it's not just me. Okay. And it looks like some of you may have tuned in just a little bit late because there's some questions about what uh, Tom means by his students, and that is that Tom actually will bring in a, a one-on-one in, in, uh, person. It's a, a one-person class and uh, put people through a crash course right at his brewery, teaching them uh, a bit about the how to operate a commercial brew system and how to run the business, too. And that's what he means by his students. And, of course, yeah. now uh, you'll have a bunch of students reading a brewery operations manual. Well, it's it's cheaper than taking the class. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. And, you know, again, Tom, I like the approach because, I, you know, I do think that there's a place for a program like UC Davis, which really dives into all the science around brewing. There are brewery jobs that require that, uh, big production facilities and things like that. But I also think there's a place for this hands-on, stripped-down approach uh, to teaching people how to brew beer because it's not... It doesn't have to be rocket science. No, and and our focus is not is, is so much more than uh, teaching how to brew beer. It's it's what what do we need to do to get you to open a 
a brewery. That that's the whole purpose. Got it. Because we need more, and I and I believe in this philosophy. Well, you probably know this. I mean, there's over seven thousand wineries, and there's twenty five hundred breweries. And it, it's amazing. I mean, th- think about twenty five years ago, how many coffee houses there were. There were. It was hard to find a good cup of coffee, and now every tiny town has two or three. Right. Well, and the war you can come to San Francisco, and every block has two or three. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I do fear. Do you do you worry about there being too many craft breweries? Is it going to get uh, too saturated? I think packaging breweries it's going to get saturated. But uh, if you if you whatever town you live in, if you're in Bemidji and you've got a really cool little pub, you can compete with anybody in your town. So you have nothing to worry about. That's a good call. And it used to be that way in some countries, right? Where every every village had a brewery. If we did in the U.S. I mean, I mean, in the late 1890s, there were 2,000 breweries, and the population was nothing back then. Right, right. Bemidji. Do you have any idea if there's an equivalent of you, Tom, in, in the wine industry, for example? I don't know. You know, I make wine as an amateur. I'd like to find that person. Charles Shaw, fun. dude. Too much I, think, I think Frankenbrew applies to wineries, too. I just don't know how wineries make money because they've got a, you know, I could make a six-pack of beer in two weeks. They, they sit on their product for a year. Sure. And if that crop doesn't come out too well. You're screwed. Yeah. That's a dusted crop. Yeah. You get to blend uh, different crops in and the whole deal. Or I guess even the people you're buying it from are doing that for you. Well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. When we were in Palisade, there were 15 wineries there, and I would trade wine for beer. You know, during harvest, uh, uh, the crush and everything, they always wanted our kegs for the workers. We got their wine. It was a good deal. Well, in wine, you have a lot of additives, and you can add tannins, and you can do all these kind of booster things to kind of, you know, make it tweak out the wine if it's not exactly what you want it to be. But beer is kind of yeah. very limited. Well, then why are so many of the wines I have so bad? Because the people who make them don't understand what they're doing. I see. They don't. They don't understand uh, fermentation. And I don't mean that control. I don't like wine because yes. I actually really enjoy wine. I love wine. Wine's but great. it's hard to find a good wine. Yeah, you know, it's uh, that's affordable. It's hard to find a good well, wine. Well, true. Maker. That's affordable too. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, well, we we are running out of t- uh, time, Tom. But I did want to just bring up because it's in my notes here, and I, mm-hmm. I find it interesting. But you. You took a trip to India back in 95 and found a local brewery there, and I wanted to ask you about that. The Skyrim, oh, India? Yeah, that was so cool. I mean, that's, that Skyrim. says everything about why you should be in this business. Uh, we were, it was in the Himalayas, and there was this brewery. We said, oh, well, let's go check it out. We got to the gate, and they're like, you, no, there's no tours. You, you're not even allowed in here. They had armed guards. Wow. And, and I said, well, uh, can you call in? Tell them I'm a brewer. I have a brewery in, in Colorado. And they did. They called up. And next thing you know, the, the brewer and the uh, chemist show up. And we got this two-hour brewery tour. Sounds like Gilligan's Island. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and we wound up drinking beer in their lab out of beakers. It was, And when we left, they gave us like, cases of beer and that's it, it just awesome. it was it's was, it's the brotherhood it was amazing it's so here they are now obviously a uh, uh, a successful brewery there if they have to lock the gates and keep people out oh yeah it's uh, a big brewery right. it's huge uh, is it really is is it kind of like a would it be the equivalent of a macro brewery in, in oh yeah yeah i it see was, it's called yuxum brewery got it but they <laughs> opened it right up to a fellow brewer it's good marketing they, oh yeah they did yeah, nice. was, all they did is a one beer. Some it's called Tiger Light Lager or something. I don't know what it was, but right. it was good. You know, and they were they were really cool guys. Yeah, you know, I've got a picture. I think I've posted it on our Facebook page. You know, it does open just and for home brewers too. It, it does open doors both with yeah. other people who might be home brewers 
Everybody is interested in beer. And then even on the professional side, it opens doors. People want to invite you in if you know something about beer. As long as you're not the douchebag who, you know, asks too many stupid questions. But you No, know, I uh, can always spot him in the in the pub. I, I see the guy with his date or whatever, and he's looking at, not looking at her, he's looking at the, the equipment. <laughs> right. So... I mean, I'm with the brewing equipment. So I go over right. there and I say, do you want a tour? Because I know he does. And sure enough, and you know, we're standing in the brewery having a beer. And it's, yeah. it's cool. It is cool. I got I got a bunch of Hungarians at my house putting in a fence right now. My fence is falling down. And it took them all of 12 minutes of arriving at my house. My my, my home brewery's in the backyard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the Brewing Network trailer is in the front yard. And we're talking beer within 12 minutes. And they're just so interested in the home, you know, they're telling me about Hungarian beer, and I'm telling them about how we're in the craft beer industry. And of course, we all come together in the middle when we all say Budweiser is water. And, uh, and I realized instantly it's just beer is the international language. Budweiser is water! <laughs> yeah. It's crappy! It's no good for you! You don't sure drink that's it! That's not how Hungarian people sound. <laughs> Shut up with your face! You make me cry with your ignorant faces! <laughs> yes. Shut up, uh, your face! No, that's exactly how they sounded. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I it's just just is my heritage and stuff. So. You racist person in booth. You have a caller on line one. His it's Hungarian. Scott. Moscow. He has an, a, shut up. He has a okay. question for the guest. All He's right, let me. Scott, yeah, have you got a question for Tom? Hey, Justin, I sure do. Guys, you're in my living room almost every day. You realize that? No, oh, thanks, Tom, I realize... I'm Our sorry. time is short here. I lost my—I lost the better part of my vision uh, in 2004. I've been brewing on a small scale, uh, you know, 10, 15 gallons since uh, I don't know since the, the late 90s. And uh, I, what you're saying is just like making my head spin. Uh, I brew with a little help from some friends. You know, get high with a little help from, from some friends. Sure. But is it is it all at all feasible? That someone in my situation, I mean, I wouldn't expect a, a, a even a craft brewer to even let me in the door. But to, to, to even think about, you know, a nano or a, a, you know, on a small scale like that, what you're saying is like, hey, this is this is possible, this is reasonable. But with my with my situation, I don't know if it's even realistic. I, I mean, I don't know how limited your vision is, but I mean, if you have somebody that's brewing with you, your sense of smell and your taste is probably heightened. It, it may and turn into how a real asset. Now. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't believe the, the, the sounds that with people with vision, uh, what they miss. I mean, the, uh, people talk about boil overs. You can hear that before it happens. Oh, sure uh, you can. I mean, I mean, when the pump starts to cavitate, I mean, there's so many things that you get in tune with. I seem to, I mean, I, I don't know your situation, but I see no reason why not. That's great. That that's that that offers some hope. <laughs> Listen, I'm only man. halfway crazy now. <laughs> See, you don't have very good vision. I'm half an idiot, uh, and I could. I think you're going to be fine, buddy. You, you, you have friends, Justin, Justin. We're both from Connecticut, man. We'll make it one one damn way or another. There you go. Hey, See, this here's is, what we're going to do. I'm going to open a brewery with Scott. One of us right. is dumb. The other one's blind. And uh, I'll bet you it'll be the best brewery on earth. We're going to call it, gee, we're from Connecticut. Go figure. (laughs) Yeah. It'll be the best on earth, man. You're going to call it, eh? (laughs) You've got to find a deaf guy. Yeah. What? That's right. Deaf and blind. Exactly. Our label can have the three monkeys on it. <laughs> you got you got great marketing potential. Yeah, we do. Uh, see, our beer can suck. We have good marketing. All right. Thanks for the call, brother. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Cheers.
Can, he, right. can he find the the hang up the phone? Just, <laughs> it's there. I, I, there. There's no reason why he couldn't do that, right? There's especially it, it's it's probably more reason for him to open his own than to apply for a job somewhere else because everyone else is going to be worried about insurance or anything else, right? Oh, open your own, you'll be fine. Yeah, no, you be a master craftsman. You don't have to. I mean, jeez. Yeah, you can't see inside of Grundy anyway, right? <laughs> It's got a little, yeah. little glass window, but... Clean in place, dude. Okay. Yeah, it's clean in place. Yeah, you can't see what's happening. Yeah. It's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Hennessy. Uh, what a wonderful guest. Uh, he is the owner and head brewer at Colorado Boy Pub and Brewery. What's the web address once more, Tom? ColoradoBoy.com. And where can people purchase uh, the brewery operations manual? As well as Frank uh, just, and Brew, actually. You, you could just go on our website, coloradoboy.com, or you could just do a Google search for breweryoperationsmanual.com. That's a mouthful, though. Okay. And is Frank and Brew available there as well? That's through uh, Beer Talk. Beer or, Talk. Okay. Beer, not Beer Talk. But what's the uh, Beer Books? That's mm. it. Got it. Okay. You can search Frank and Brew, and, uh, and you'll find it. Great DVD, great book, and... Don't be discouraged. Tom's message to me is don't be discouraged. Get right. in there and do it and stop spending the family fortune. Yeah, keep your overhead low. It it solves a lot of problems. Yeah. Justin, yeah. you better listen to him. I am. Don't yeah. get discouraged. Yes. Tom, thanks so much for spending time with us today. I appreciate it. And thanks for sending well, thank all the beer. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you again. Thank you. Cheers. All right. You too. Bye-bye. There you go. Tom Hennessy. And uh, what a great dude. Spending a lot of time teaching other people to brew. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I think that's awesome. Uh, I just teaching him. I got him all the way through the process of opening the door. I mean, yeah, it's a great. You know, it's really that is the goal. It's not to have a a brew pub, it's to have an operating brew pub. You know? Sure, I love the one on one class, and and it's not much at a at a at a his uh, you know time. If you think about it, he's like, look, I I'm probably running this place all week anyway. Why don't I bring in one person every now and right. then? I'll teach him the whole deal while they're at it. Change somebody's life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, think about it. He's changing somebody's life. What did he say? Uh, 30 out of 50 people or something that have come through his class have opened their own place. And those are just the owner-operator. Like, think about the trickle-down, all those people's families and friends. I'd pat myself on the back every day for that. That's pretty impressive. That's something for him to be proud of. Yeah, totally. Well, it's better to go through all that than on the opening day. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and again, even like, the, and I'm not knocking them because I, I genuinely think there's a place for these you know, uh, larger and and more technical programs like at UC Davis and things like that. But but you're not exactly walking out of there having run a day to day brew pub. Mm-hmm. And I think with Tom Hennessy's course, you are. So learn from the guy. Also, he's just. It sounds like he's just writing down what he's learned over the years for you know and sharing it with you. And he's having fun doing it. Like he he generally enjoys doing that. Clearly, he's done it five six times. Right. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, i got a little feedback to do. We're going to try some beer from Keith Mycheck, who's hanging out in the studio with us. And, um, yeah, a couple other things. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Have you ever been stuck with a last-minute brewing question? 
maybe on a new piece of equipment or a recipe kit you haven't tried before. The Brewmeister knows how that feels and is here for you. The Brewmeister prides themselves on personal service and advice to all of their customers, whether in-store or online. The Brewmeister is a full-fledged home brew store, too, with all the ingredients and gear you need to make great beer and wine. You'll be glad you visited shopbrewmeister.com or one of their stores in Roseville or Folsom when you need to pick up the phone and get your brewing questions answered fast. Visit shopbrewmeister.com right now and see the personal difference the great team at the Brewmeister have to offer. If you visit today, use coupon code BNARMY and get 10% off your first order. Some conditions apply. The Brewmeister, personal service and advice with exceptional quality. Shopbrewmeister.com. There's an app on the iPhone for just about everything, including beer, apps for finding a pint of beer, apps that look like you're drinking a pint of beer, and now there's an app for brewing a pint of beer. Introducing BrewPal, the most all-inclusive beer brewing app for professionals and hobbyists that fits in your pocket and goes wherever you do. Recipe formulation that can be imported and exported with a customizable database. Mash and sparge calculations, yeast pitching rates, carbonation tables, and more. Available right now for less coin than a pound of grain. See BrewPal in action at brewpal.info and download it for your iPhone at a special introductory price right now. BrewPal, all the brewing software you need right in your pocket. Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. 
When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit austinhomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, austinhomebrew.com. Mix me your 100 grain amber recipe and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your cola won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You know I kinda had a feeling that something was wrong When I was drunk last night But now that's drunk as your mom I don't talk like seeing us together I don't know your whole life I still don't know just how we got together But you started looking good around five You know I kinda had a feeling that something was wrong when I I bet you never thought I'd be your daddy Now go out back 
can mow the damn lawn You know I kind of had a feeling that something was wrong Cause I was drunk last night But now that's drunk as your mom program thanks to our guest tom hennessy uh what a badass talking to us for all that time and uh really teaching the world uh, also we had christopher mullins from mcgillen's old alehouse uh on the show earlier and i uh, just want to thank them both for being on the program and hanging out with us tom hennessy he's healthy the guy has a stamp on it that says it's hair <laughs> i just want to talk like that just like weird guttural that's how you guys hear the hell. It makes you wish you had grown up in a place with an interesting accent, doesn't it? Like that. You're going to make it in your home if you don't have the facility to make sure it's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Do you have to yell everything? <laughs> yes, that's part of it. If you have that kind of a thing going on, you have to yell. It's the natural stage presence. Imagine being his friend. Hey, it's great to see you. Wow, I, I love everything you're doing. It's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was good. That was a good interview. Really interesting. few more things to get to tonight. Uh, we haven't done your feedback yet because we had uh, uh, McGillan's on so early. So uh, we're going to do a little feedback this segment. We're also going to try Keith Spear. But uh, before we do that, I wanted to let you know where you can buy dildos and things. And uh, that's over at adamandeve.com. Uh, you know, I, We're still doing butt plugs, right? Yeah. yeah okay. get all, I mean, once in a program, we got to remind them? everybody where they can get their unmentionables. That's oh. what this segment's called. It's called butt plugs. Remember when, remember when things were called unmentionables, Tasty? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I know you're the only one in the room who does. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up the Adam and Eve thing a little earlier because when you were talking about amateur videos, I was thinking, what a great segue. Right. But you let it. You didn't do it. Is there an amateur uh, on the DVD selection? There must be amateurs. There is. There is. Yeah. Um, That's my favorite. I mean, <clears throat> go over to adamandeve.com right now. And for a limited time, you get uh, 50% off just about any one item. Plus, you can get uh, free shipping. Plus, you get three free adult DVDs from uh, categories such as How Amateur. Many? Three. Wow. And three, that lasts me like a whole afternoon. I mean, I don't. why, why would you need more than three? You know, you could watch one scene from each. If you're if you're doing your thing three times a day, that that'll last. That what'll that last me? Nine days? Is that how it works? And how many scenes are in a DVD nowadays? Twenty five. How many sessions? Twenty five. How many wow. sessions in a day do you have? Seven, eight. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it depends on if I'm working or not. I th- I'm thinking we should have a, a, a pick a category. So if you're working in the then there's seven. then there's about twelve. Yeah, and if there's I'm not eight. working, there's eight. There's <laughs> Yeah, as long as I don't get, you know, as long as I have enough lotion. I'm thinking we could... Uh, um, they could do, do they pick, sell lotion? <laughs> uh, they go, click, click through the Amazon link on the homepage and buy some Jergens. There you go. Oh, really? That's how not did you slippery, know I, it's not slippery you know enough. It's Jergens. I, everybody. We had just guessed. Yeah, it rhymes with Jergens. It has the highest heat capacity. Wouldn't, like, regular lube work better? 
No, uh, it gets watery after a little while. I don't know. It's too well, it depends. Hey, you don't want to be a slave to the lube, lube, too. Yeah, I yeah. like I like a little friction. You know, lube is too <laughs> well. <laughs> Also, if you Why buy if you buy know. if you buy lube for sex, you just it makes you that much more sad because you're not using it for sex. <laughs> right? You're like well, you're, lotion, you're at least you feel like, well, I'm lotioning up. Oh, I might as well do this. Yeah, you're it's, moisturizing your hands at the same time, <laughs> right? Especially your JP, especially when you have a partner, because you're like, I bought this and I've used yeah. nine tenths of it mm-hmm. myself yeah. <laughs> alone. <laughs> I think we should pick. Could you ca- watch this time? I think we should pick a category and look at uh, this is my favorite movie, like favorite titles. Pick one. Cougars of Boobville. <laughs> is that in the big boobs it's or the not, cougar? It's in the big breasts. I love that. Cougars of Boobsville. I, w- I want to move there. I think I want to. I want to be the mayor of Boobsville, <laughs> or at least the secretary. Yeah. yeah. Is Cougars a whole section? Um, I don't think it's that. Uh, no, it'd be in a mature or MILF. Mm. It's MILF. It would, it would okay. be MILF. I wonder if Cougars of Boobsville is under MILF also. Let's it, find out. All right. So you can choose three free adult DVDs from some of the categories that we're talking about, plus a free gift uh, so sensual we can't talk about it. Um, Nor should we, because that would be filthy. I can't I talk because I don't even know what it is. AdamandEve.com. All you have to do to get all of these wonderful gifts is use coupon code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y. Of course, we have a lot of fun with this ad, but... Uh, uh, we mean it. If you need your adult products, why go hang out at the creepy store when you can just go to adamneve.com and get all this cool free stuff? Hang on your creepy computer. Check it. I also am sending you a question that somebody from the chat room just sent me over that they wanted to include in feedback. Please. Is it the one from Mortar? Oh, it's from Komodo. I don't have it yet. I don't think Hello, you sent it to me. Komodo. It's coming. Hold on. Oh, I see. Sorry. I thought you said it's it. It's coming. <laughs> so right. sensual. So a few things to do. I, I want to get us to feedback here in just a moment. But uh, before that, we uh, you know we like to have listeners and friends in the studio every now and then. And uh, Keith Mycheck is in the studio with us today, and he brought us some beer. He's and uh, what is this first uh, beer that we're trying here? This is the uh, what I'm now calling the Britano Mycek. Ah, nice. Yes, yeah, so it's the nice. it's the second uh, Orval clone that uh, I did. Okay, I've had your I had your first Orval clone. I think you've had them both. You did not fail at that one, that's for sure. And uh, how old is this beer in front of us? This one has got some age on it. I'm thinking it's about uh, maybe two years, Ooh, three that's years. Nice. That's fucking Orval. That's Orval. Is Orval an aged beer? Uh, no. It's a it's a sour beer, and occasionally it's aged. It depends on when you get it. Orval for me it's is just, a hit or miss beer. It's just Brett. It's, it's not, Brett. Yeah, yeah, and it, but, it changes a lot when you, you know. That's the great thing about Orval is when you get it fresh, you get a, a lot of dry hop flavor, and uh, as it ages, even not a lot of Brett. And then when it ages, then you get more Brett, but not not the dry hop. Yeah. So I this one I, I did separate uh, differently than the first one. Th- these are both uh, both of those that you tasted were uh, BCS recipes. Okay. From Jamil, and uh, the first time I used uh, an Abbey yeast. Uh, because I couldn't find the one in the book, and that one turned out great. But I followed it by the letter, and I dry hopped it, and then at the, in the secondary, at the same time that I pitched the Brett. Okay. So uh, it, it, I think it's more authentic to an Orval uh, yeah. in that kind of uh, condition, um, but I didn't like it. I, I liked both spec- parts of that spectrum. So what I wanted to do is get a lot of dry hop flavor in the second one, and while the Brett was already there. So the second one, I, I aged it on the Brett first, then dry hopped it and bottled it right away. And you like that better? Yeah, and I, I think, uh, well, there's a green flash, uh, that beer that, that hurt Kim. What, what was that? The um, Le Freak. 
I think. Mm, no, the Rayon Vert. Rayon Vert. Vert. That's Thank it. you. Yeah. That's a really hoppy uh, version of of Aral. Okay. And it's kind of. I think they kind of do kind of the same thing. Okay. Do the bread first, then dry hop is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. I like this. You know, the the hard part for me about Orval is that it's different all the time for me. Every time I buy a bottle, and I, and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a part of that is I guess the nature of Brett, but I think more so it's the nature of when we get the bottles of or- Orval. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard for me to say, oh, this one's spot on. That's the better better method. Um, but this tastes fantastic. It tastes like any bottle of Orval I've ever had. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You know, um. Tasty, what do you think about the dry hopping after Brett as opposed to dry hopping with the Brett? Any any preference there for you? Well, I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference. Uh, the, the, I, when I just think of dry hop, I think, well, what's what's how is the extraction taking place? Yeah. Well, it's the alcohol that's cutting the uh, the hop oils, right? That's how it's going into into aroma and uh, and some flavor. Sure. The of course the Brett's not producing any of that. It's just producing. Acid, which I, I don't know. It, I guess potentially that could cut the uh, the uh, hop oils as well. I don't know. That, what do you think, Doc? With that, yeah, I'd be more worried about uh, oxidation after you, you know, the pellicle is gone. The, yeah, that's true. Any problem with that? Uh, I, I don't taste any problem with it. But well, I, I taste it. I just tasted my sample for the first time. It's it's pretty yeasty. It, it, you know, it suffered yeah. a little bit on the plane. Yeah, it got shaken yeah. up. Yeah. Well, those guys uh, going checking it out <laughs> if they look in your suitcase and they're, hey, what's this? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I like this beer. Yeah. Beaver, do I have to read this whole goddamn novel from Komodo? No, uh, yeah. I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, f- it's... Jesus. Uh, okay, here we go. It's a good time to do it, I think, because it's a Brett question. Komodo writes in... <sighs> I'm experiencing, uh, experimenting with Brett for the first time in a Saison uh, that I brewed two weeks ago, and I have some questions. Huh. Uh, the Saison started at 1045, and I pitched a healthy starter of uh, White Labs 565 Saison 1. I added a pound of sugar a week into fermentation, and the beer finished at 1012. Last night, I pitched a vial of uh, White Labs 644. The uh, That's the Brett Bruxelles... Uh, uh, and the airlock started bubbling again. I am detecting DMS in the beer, despite a 90-minute boil. I know DMS will clear up after a while in the fermenter, but is this also a compound that Brett can clean up? Uh, And finally, if I want to add more Brett character to the beer, can I add maltodextrins and other complex sugars, uh, which the 565 cannot eat? To ensure I get Brett character. So two parts there, guys. Uh, the DMS. Will the Brett clean that up? Well, the 90-minute boil should have got all the SMM out of there. Mm-hmm. So he's probably not smelling DMS. You don't think it's that? No. Yeah. No. I, don't think, I don't think that's a compound that Brett can consume either. Okay. Well, especially if he didn't smell it during the normal fermentation and he's yeah. smelling it now, it's, it's not it's, DMS. No, it's something it's, else. It's okay. Something else. Good call. So don't worry about the DMS is what we're saying something else yeah and then the the second part of that question was if i wanted to add more brett character to the beer by the way i think he said he just added the brett last night uh can i add maltodextrins and other complex sugars uh that the 565 cannot eat to ensure i get more brett character does he need to add more food to the brett i think he needs to wait longer yeah well, it definitely helps to mash a little higher to give them some some something to chew on and if that's dextrins and maltodextrin uh Contain, you know, is is 
is not all completely fermentable, but to bread it, I believe it is. Okay. So, so had he been able to rewind, so the next time around or something, he could mash a little higher. Yeah, or he he could add maltodextrin. He could add these yeah. things as well. He can, yeah. But he, he should wait. He just needs a reason to. Yeah. yeah. He, he should wait and taste it after right. how long? Yes. I mean, when, when Brett, Brett's one of the ones that works fairly quickly, isn't it? Well, uh, it takes, I would say, you know, maybe six months. Six months. Yeah. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so he's still got to chill Even out. Even to start. But who's the man on this is Nate. Yeah. You know, maybe he should reach out to Nate on the forum or sure. find him somewhere. Uh, but he's done plenty of Brett Saison's before. That's true. Okay. But still, give it some time. If in the end he is not finding the Brett character that he wants, is adding more food to it something that, in your experience, Doc or, or, or Keith, you would recommend? I never tried it, but it sounds okay. like it might might uh, be something to be to, to try. Yeah. Okay. Food and age. Yeah. It, age it, is probably going to do more. It'll, it'll, food. It'll, it'll add more age to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't break the pellicle. Just if you can rack it with a racking gate into it by putting just a small hole in the top of the pellicle. That's your best bet. Okay. Don't just dump it in. All right. There we go. Would there be a pellicle if it's Brett? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had friends look at my conicals or my uh, carboys going, uh, I hope you don't serve me that when it's done. <laughs> Something's wrong. Something's what is wrong. that gnarliness? Yeah. It's all ropey and nasty looking. All right. Beautiful to us. But. Let's do some feedback. <laughs> Finally. You've got mail. Feedback's brought to you today by homebrewstuff.com. Go check them out over at homebrewstuff.com. All the stuff you need to brew. A great supporter of the Brewing Network, and we thank them for that. All right, Gay Kyle writes in. (laughs) (laughs) Gay Kyle. What's the point of a fucking soundboard if Boner Chicken isn't cued and ready to go all the time, for fuck's sake? Suck it, Moscow. Sincerely, Gay Kyle. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, and I had gay chicken loaded on my soundboard, um, and it was broken. I reloaded it. It's not called gay chicken. It's boner chicken. Boner chick. No, it's, it's gay it chicken. It is now. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I found myself humming that last week for some stupid-ass reason. Boner <laughs> chicken? Why, you're yeah. looking at a boner? I went, you lose boner chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the Brewing Network's latest game, Boner Chicken! Yeah, gay chicken. Stare at my boner, stare at my boner, Hey, everybody's favorite game to play at home <laughs> with your wife's roommate. So I, I guess I need to add that to my soundboard because that's all Justin's fault. Yeah, add it to yours. <laughs> all right, Catfish writes in, kill the soundboard, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. That was the whole feedback. Uh, John writes in, guys, I love the show. Or I should say, I did love it until I listened to last week's show. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? I had Mbop stuck in my head all day. Not cool. P.S. Justin, bring your van to Portland and we'll race. I have an 85 Westie with a 2.5 fuel engine. That would be the shittiest race in the world. Why would you ever challenge a Volkswagen driver to a race? Fuck you, John. You don't get it. With your 85 Subaru conversion. Look at the last line in his email. Don't get it. It was... uh, I'm building a kegerator in it this weekend. <laughs> no, that's cool. Like no, that makes it cool. W- would you take him now that he has a, a full a kegerator in his van as well to lo- you know to add more weight? <laughs> would you still race him? No, no. Well, it's a downhill race. Yeah, it's the only way you can race those things. 
to roll it. He's a pussy. He gave up on his Volkswagen engine. And he put in a Subaru engine. I'm not. I don't. I'm not dealing with you, John. Don't you're, be jealous. You're a traitor and a drives. pussy. Don't be hating. Don't be jelly. <laughs> don't be hating. All right. <laughs> I didn't sign my name. Writes in. I, I live a mile above sea level, and every beer I brew hits a terminal gravity of at least two points below what my recipe says to expect. Uh, the mild you guys helped me out with was estimated to finish at 10.08, but came out at 10.06. Does this have anything to do with the altitude, or is it all in the ingredients? Uh, so far as I can tell, there's not an infection in this beer. I did increase the corn sugar from the recipe. Uh, it's a mild tweak of Jamil's Saison uh, by 25%. Um, the scaled recipe called for four ounces. I used five ounces. But uh, would that account for such a high attenuation? Guys, alti- any any knowledge on how altitude might affect two points of gravity? I have no idea. Is I- two points that big of a deal? No. Not, well, not, not, not my the fucking brew day, I'll no. tell you that. If it is... Twelve it, is it, not a big if deal. If it is uh, barometric right. pressure, which, of course, is going to be different at a mile up, right? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be the same with the starting gravity. So it's really the difference is, is attenuation. I, I, maybe, I have to ask him, how does the beer taste? Does, yeah, it maybe, taste? does it taste like a 1016 beer or does it taste like a 1010 beer or 1014 beer? Or maybe say. the beer, maybe the yeasties like it better. Yeah. So we don't, we don't, we live at sea level. Uh, difficult question for us to answer of, of how uh, altitude might affect. Um, if you're gravity. really consistent across the board and you've brewed several batches, like really a lot, and you're always two points low, it's something worth looking at. If you've only brewed a couple of batches and you're always two points low, there there could be any number of yeah. things going going on that would cause you to be could off. Could be your hydrometers off. Even, even mm-hmm. that, yeah. yeah. Uh, it could be that science also hates you. I don't know. <laughs> uh, if it's good beer, I wouldn't worry about it too much as long as you're consistent and you can dial it in after that. Yeah. He also says, P.S. JP's new show is great. Keep up the good work. Thank you. This is now my new favorite piece of feedback. Dr. Homebrew, available on iTunes now. Search Dr. Homebrew. Uh, Gnome writes in. Gnome. Uh, Gnome. Hey, Brewcasters. Love the show. Uh, Here's my question. Around here, which is Israel, all the local beer, uh, all the local beer fests charge an entrance fee of around 8 to 14 bucks and then charge per pour, which is around... uh, a buck and a half to two and a half dollars per three and a half ounces. That sounds terrible. It's unfortunate. To the best of my knowledge, the entrance fee covers fest production and the uh, per pour charge goes to the breweries pouring the beer. And this model sucks. From what I've been hearing in the BN, I understand that most U.S. beer fests are uh, entrance fee only and then drink as much as you want. So can you explain the revenue share model? And if people can drink as much as they want, how do you keep out the dumb fucks uh, who just want to get wasted? And that's Noam from Israel. So this is a good question. And there used to be a lot of festivals in the U.S. that were based on this model, too, uh, where you'd have to pay and then kind of pay per drink. There's still a couple that I know of where you have to buy drink tickets. They're not quite as expensive as you mentioned. Also, and and English uh, uh, U.K. listeners... Correct me if I'm wrong, which I know you will do. But I think I remember that the Great British Beer Festival either used to or still does have this model also, where you have to pay per per taste. It's a sucky model. But here's the difference, at least in the U.S. In the U.S., most of these festivals that are charging the flat rate, the beer is donated. There's a... There's a 
uh, for lack of a better term, a loophole in the system that allows breweries to donate beer to nonprofit events and they become fundraisers for different organizations just like ours does. So when the beer is donated, we don't have to recoup as much money as to pay for all the beer. We're able to charge a flat rate and then send the proceeds off to a nonprofit organization. If that's not how it's happening in Israel, I wouldn't blame them one bit for having to recoup the cost of the beer that they purchase to pour you in your glass. So, uh, it's all, but it's all legalities. I mean, every, God, even every state in the U.S. is different, never mind every country on the planet. So I wouldn't know where to begin with what the rules are there in Israel, but that's probably what's going on. Um, you probably need to find, talk to a, a fest organizer and figure out what the deal is. If that beer's being donated like it is here, you're getting screwed. Somebody's making a shitload of cash on some beer fests, and those breweries aren't even getting a piece of the money, so... Uh, wet Dog Brewing in the chat room just said, Justin, are you trying to explain free stuff to Jews? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I thought it was funny. That's <laughs> pretty much what Made just me laugh. You're right about uh, the states being different. Arizona, there has to be an exchange of, of something. You know, JP could probably come up with some other exchanges. Yeah. But there has to be a... Fluids? Yes. <laughs> but they have to give you tickets when you get in there. And they usually give you like 15 ah, or so. I, I think see. they also use it to get, you know control the crowd. Because at like the, the Strong Beer Festival, for yeah. instance, you can get pretty wasted on, on 15 one-ounce pours of big beer. You, you can. Basically, and, Arizona's crazy. It's full of crazy people. What that just and means. guns. Yeah. Well, of course, that was the second part of his question is how do you keep the, the drunks out? And you don't. Um, you don't. You know, you don't, but they, but you don't find it. It depends on the festival. Look, at 50-something dollars a ticket, you're not finding a whole heap of college kids or, or people just looking to, to get hammered. So more often than not, it's fine. But you, uh, Tasty goes to more festivals than any of us. You get to know which festivals have those and which <laughs> festivals don't, right? Uh, yeah, at what time, at what festivals. For instance, the GABF, right? Everybody knows That's what nights not to example. go. You don't go Saturday night. You don't go Saturday night. Unless you want to see drunk college girls, which <laughs> raise your hand if you do. Well, I, what I did is I come back and their vomit, which yeah. um, what you do is you it may, may not everybody have does. Yeah, some people don't make it all in the bathroom. Yeah, the vomit. So you go out and have a good time at the at the really nice bars in uh, in Denver, right? And then about nine thirty, you know, half hour before it's over, you come back and watch all the drunk people leave and. Uh, Talk to the drug chips. <laughs> or if you're like us, uh, you're working. You're working. Right. right. Yeah, I don't know. The festival model's a delicate ballot. Believe it or not, the Brewing Network's Winterfest is one of the least drunk fests I've ever seen. You would think it, it's, it wouldn't be that way, knowing us, but uh, it is a pretty mellow crowd. Yeah. Uh, well, you've we got something for them to do. It's not just about drinking beer. There's food to eat. There's right. uh, bands playing. Well, and it's cold, and so everyone's kind of slower, you know. Sure. I have a Giles online one. He was the question you just read about the two points off piece from Denver. Okay, he can hang in there for a okay. second. Let me get through feedback and, and we'll do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Stefan writes in, holy clusterfuck, Batman. Uh, listening to the Dortmunder experiment and the beer number one, two, or three mix-up felt like I was in Abbott and Costello who's on first routine. While I'm sure Justin was about to murder Doc... That made for a funny segment. <laughs> Keep it up, you mildly retarded beer savants. Yeah, that was um, that was not one of my prouder radio moments. So, but I put it in there because someone liked it. Did he? Well, he said it was funny. He liked that. It was he liked fun. that I lost it. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. fine. Dave writes in. Who's Dave? Uh, this guy. Dear scientists, even though Justin seemed to hate it. <laughs> 
I really like the Dortmunder experiment with Tasty and Doc. It was a little sloppy. <laughs> First try and all. But I think it has the makings of a good segment. You have uh, a good personnel for future experiments with Doc, Tasty, and Nathan doing the experiments while JP leads the sensory evaluation. Well, um, I don't know about that. I don't know about that either. I actually uh, thought of ways that we could make that experiment go better, too. You did? Yep. Like what did not, you come up with? Like not doing it? No. no. Color coding the cups and bottles. Mm, or no, just, uh, just having Moscow do it. Somebody else do He's it. the one that doesn't well, mess that, it up. Well, yes. Yeah. Certainly that, too. My only advice would be to have a couple of questions or even a hypothesis that you keep uh, with the entire time uh, to keep it focused. Uh, some of the guys seemed confused about what they were evaluating. I could not agree more, even though we talked about it on several episodes for several weeks. Some of the guys did not know what the fuck we were evaluating. Um, no, I think we, it fits we got- in this cup better than it fits in this cup. Yeah. Are these three-ounce cups? That's what we're talking about, right? Dave continues to say, I have come up with a conclusion of my own, though. Science does not hate Justin. Justin hates science. It was pretty. He was pretty pissed off at the end there. I do also hate science, science but but it's a mutual relationship. I like I you call us scientists. I, think, Sci- I hate scientists well, and science. Even before it started, when Tasty said, "I thought I was number one," and I just that's when I lost it. I I, I, I couldn't think about anything else. I'm going. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> I yeah. think it's fair to say that Justin hates everyone. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. Bevo. I was not happy. I didn't do anything wrong. Well, I was even before the shit hit the fan, and I was just, uh, I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) Uh, Clay writes in, email entitled Morning Zoo, stop with the fucking clap track already. And that's that. That's his whole email. And finally, uh, Kilted Drummer writes in, motherfuckers, please, for the love of fuck, make Scott stop using the goddamn soundboard. (laughs) He has the comedic timing of a used tampon, and it will never get better because he doesn't have a soul. I should know. I'm also a ginger. (laughs) Your show isn't a radio morning zoo. It's not a 50s sitcom where you need to tell us when to laugh with a laugh track. You're all funny, even JP. Huh? So fucking quit it. And if I hear the stupid applause track again, I'm going to mail you a bag of dog shit. (laughs) Suck it from Kilted Drummer. (laughs) This is another one. It's only a little opinion. Have you produced a positive uh, feedback on the soundboard Scott yet? Scott looks like he just murdered his puppy. <laughs> Scott's very sad. I think you should be playing the fucking applause track right now. <laughs> 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 all the way through. Do we, have a, do we have any retaliatory positive sound? <laughs> None. <laughs> <laughs> not one. Moscow says not one. Should I just turn off your pot now? Forever? Is this is the light going out forever? As soon as I hit this pot, he's telling me forever. It's dying right is now. the light in your soul going out along with it? What soul? Yes, no soul. <laughs> the ginger the ginger comment was funny. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the light on the soundboard has gone out. Oh, I'm gonna cry. No more tasty Scott? quips. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I think that's it. Do you want to play one last tasty clip before we... No. <laughs> Scott's done. <laughs> That's that. Uh, All right. Uh, don't forget your feedback was brought to you by homebrewstuff.com. Go check them out at homebrewstuff.com. Uh, Beaver, uh, what's the phone call again? The, it was the one, uh, the, the Mile Sa- High Brewer guy. Oh, the Mile High. Oh, yeah. yeah he's got an answer for us. With the, well, is he answering his own question? I don't think he's answering his own question. I think he just has a bit of clarification as to what he weren't we clear that we have no fucking idea yeah i thought we were well, i don't think we got uh, what he was getting what's his name i thought he was pretty clear his um, i told also. you but i giles forgot. giles giles what's up buddy hey so uh the save zone that i was talking about um 
I actually was using the WLP, uh, it was a standard Saison yeast. And I kept hearing from Doc and from Jamil that that one will stall out at about 10.22. That one didn't attenuate down to 10.08. It attenuated down to 10.04. And I didn't <laughs> reach above 74 degrees in my fermentation, even though I tried to crank it high to reach a higher attenuation. Is that going to be due to the extra corn sugar, or is that maybe something to do with my mash? It's tough Th- to say. This is why I edited out this part of his email. Mm. Yeah, it, that's... <laughs> I, did. I didn't uh, put this in for a reason. Was your OG the same? Uh, my OG was actually a few points higher. It was okay. uh, 10 o- uh, 10 o- 1061. And how many times have you brewed this and had the same thing happen? Uh, this was the first time, but every single beer that I brewed, including my extract batches, usually drops three, th- two to three points, sometimes four points below the uh, the target gravity. Uh, that's not usually the home brewer's problem. We always hear it just stalls out two, three points ahead. Mm-hmm. What's uh, your mashing at? What's your mash temp? On this specific one, it was uh, ten forty-seven. What's your mash temperature? One forty-seven. One forty-seven. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Well, yeah, that's pretty low. Right. It, it's pretty low. You, you should probably check all your uh, equipment, your thermometers, and your hydrometers, and just make sure they're accurate. Uh, you, you could okay. be you could be matched at at one forty one, and that that would have a lot to do with it. Not not even know about it. So check right. check. Just make call. sure, yeah. Just make sure you dial in, you know, so you're you're reading what you're supposed to be reading. That's a really good call. I like to have three different thermometers that all tell me a different reading, <laughs> and uh, I really <laughs> dial it. And and as you can tell, I fuck it up every time. So uh, yeah, I'm using a, a meat thermometer and a standard brewing thermometer. So two different ones that usually give me a pretty close reading. Okay, but you still could calibrate them. You yeah, know, you need to calibrate them. Do the boiling water, and and then coupled with the with the ice water test. You know, you right. want to get the freezing one too. Yeah, uh, if you end right. up, if, yeah, if you end up in the low forties, it'll still ferment, but it'll ferment a lot drier. So mm-hmm. it, I okay. I would check that first, and then start eliminating one thing after the other. What it might be, I wouldn't blame it on the altitude. Yeah, blame it on the okay. rain. Of course, your third step could be to quit brewing for three years. Exactly do that, and then and then come back to it with a, with a vengeance. Yeah, after the nail polish bomb that this saison turned into, I'm not sure I want to do that one again. Yeah, don't be frustrated. It just <laughs> Doc gives great advice in in the terms of check check your equipment first, and uh, it's many times the simplest thing, and that is okay. the simplest thing to check first. All right, sounds good. And then let us know if that doesn't work. We're happy to to dive further into it and confuse you even more. Cool. Also, post your question in the forum. The other thing that gets me is he says it's consistent with all of his beers. They're all coming out lower, which could be equipment. You could be... It's more than likely that which you're measuring. That it could with. be at one, you know, low yeah. low one forty. I mean, you can get lower attenuation with an infection mm-hmm. that still doesn't have a big taste to it. I've tasted beers that are so low that they just taste dry, but mm-hmm. I don't taste any sourness. I don't taste anything like anything like that. Okay. So, but having it be consistent oh. across the board with all your beers, I doubt you're getting them all infected. Okay. Unless you're, you know, stirring something with a wooden paddle that you shouldn't be. Or you've but, got one ball valve in on the cold side that you didn't boil or something. Or, yeah, there's, or, yeah, it, right. could, it could be something like that. That would be the second thing I'd be, I'd be checking. Because okay. you don't have to have an off flavor to have an infected beer necessarily. Or, you're, or you or you right. just can't pick up that flavor. Yeah. 
Right. Only if there was a show that you could send in these beers to, and people could <laughs> rate them and tell you. And what would you call it if they did? Some like Doctor yeah. Boner Sucker or something. Mm, right. All right. Thanks, Charles. Yeah, I was actually getting ready to mail those off. So yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Beautiful. Okay. Cheers, brother. Now I have to drink that. How many anti-soundboard questions were there? Er, emails. Emails. Yes. I'm sorry. Of what I put in there today, three. I think of what actually of what actually I put into feedback. I have five people saying they want the soundboard back. Oh yeah, I was just going to say that. Uh, so the comments we're getting is five. save well, the board, save the board, save the broad soundboard, soundboard, soundboard. Um, boner chicken is sacred. Save the soundboard. Well, boner chicken's on my side. Well, it's um, time I, for the Brewing Network's latest game, boner chicken. But you were going to delegate. I also got True. the the board was like an audible abortion. So <laughs> there's definitely some um, naysayers in there as well. I think Moscow's already retired. We need, we need the board, but I I hate the laugh. The, the, the clap track. I just hate that. I, I, I just, every time I was going, you want a shovel? Every time. To pile it on? Do you, or you, do you hate it when it? we actually <laughs> applaud in person? Because there's. No, that's okay. Why? What's the difference? It was done. There is a difference. Your, is your, the difference? No, because it, it, didn't, it didn't well up and then, then, then slow down. It was, right. it was like. It was just done. I'll give you an example of the difference. It sounded very when, artificial. When Cold Hot Crash played in... Uh, Cold Hot Crash. The Trophy <laughs> Fire. They're like the same fucking band, right? That's the best Not flip you could close. ever do. When the Trophy Fire played in here last week, uh, and you did the clap track at the end, it went from being an intimate, in-studio, acoustic performance, where we would have clapped and made it continue to feel like an intimate, to like yeah, kind of a cheesy clap track. Maybe you need a, that's one example. That's an that's applause it. light in here. The applause, yeah, the applause track is what I, only, I, yeah. I cringe every time I hear it. Everything else, that's fine. Yeah. I'd like to hear them take I'm the just, that's, yep. I asked what the difference was. That's the difference to me. When I call people little bitches or whatever. Yeah, that's that all do. fine. I like that. <laughs> well, now I'm going to call me a little Well, I've turned the light out. You told me to burn the, I don't even think the light works anymore. <laughs> Broke it. <laughs> <It's gone. laughs> Stab it out. I set fire to that pot on the board. Now, once it's out, it's extinguished. <laughs> Chat room says there's yeah. penicillin for that clap. Once I, <laughs> once I turned Doc's light on, it didn't come back on for a month. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm hard to turn on. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to try a little more Keith's beer. We'll take some Drunk of the Week calls if you're out there and alive, and then we're going to get out of here. So uh, call now, uh, 888-401-BEER. I'll make Bebo sit there the whole time and answer your phone call. <laughs> and uh, we'll take them when we get back. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. 
When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Did you know the Brewing Network's very own Code Writing Fool's son, Ryan Wolf, has opened a beer mecca in Missouri? The Wolf Brow House of Beer has hundreds of beers from all over the world and is conveniently close to I-70 in St. Peter's. Free tastings, Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m., featuring special guests from local breweries, the best build-your-own six-pack around with every style represented, and kegged craft beer available for your kegerator, too. There's always something new at the Wolf Brow House of Beer. New and hard to find beer every week. No two visits are the same, just like passing out at the Rat Pad. Hi, this is Ryan from Wolfbrow House of Beer. Mention the Brewing Network when you stop in for some cool free stuff. Mention JP for a swift kick in the ass. The Wolfbrow House of Beer. Beer with personal service from a member of the BN Army. This is code. Visit my son's shop or I'll yank the fuck BN website down. www.wolfbrow.com Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops. Hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers. HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. 
Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session.
What a fun show. What a good job we have here at the Brewing Network. Thank you all for listening and subscribing and donating and buying stuff and supporting our sponsors. We appreciate it very much. The show is brought to you by More Beer, of course, but all of our sponsors are very important to us and they keep it coming. Uh, we wanted to thank Christopher Mullins, a senior from McGillan's Old Ale House in Philly. We'll be seeing you soon. And also... Oh, of course, we want to thank Tom Hennessy from Colorado Boy Brewing, um, also author of Brewery Operations Manual, and the Frank and Brew video. Thanks for being on the program with us. A lot of people have spent time with us over the years, and it's a, yeah. it's a nice thing. It's a variable who's who in the brewing industry. Yeah, yeah that's what we do, isn't it? Uh, we're going to try one more beer from Keith here, uh, then we're going to drink the rest off air. Uh, looks like I got a couple of uh, Drunk of the Week calls coming in. I'm going to admit right now that this week I have begun contemplating... Suicide. Eliminating Drunk of the Week from the show. Ooh. Eliminating it. So you, they'll just do it on their own? You know, <laughs> the only reason I kept it this long is for the occasional gem. But the gems are so few and far between in recent year they're like blood diamonds that i just feel like have we have we outgrown drunk of the week uh, oh and by we i mean our listeners i i don't think i feel like we we stick it out through a bunch of shit in order for, for that occasional gem to come through where somebody dangles his hang low in front of his wife's roommate yes and even still, I didn't find that that impressive. So I think we might be slightly jaded. <laughs> right. I think we, we outgrew. We've seen well, so much. I think well, we've outgrown it like three years ago. How about <laughs> how about we don't cut it out at all? We just drunk of the month. No. Well, no, not even that. We just like the other show. It just comes around every once in a while. We put it out there that it's coming around at a certain well, time. And they save it up and they gosh. bring it strong. I don't think we even schedule it. I have a a, a, a slight God. modification of the same thing that you're talking about. And that is just that we still do Drunk of the Year because inevitably, <laughs> drunk people are still going to call in. And I welcome that. I think it's fine. So as that happens organically, we give out Drunk of the Year at the end of the year to the best one. But Drunk of the Week has just become a mess. There are. It was destined to become a mess. Even in the chat that do not like it. There's those who do not like it. I mean, the. Oh, so we should just listen to that. There's going to be seven vocal people who could not be more upset with the losing of Drunk of the Week. But the the other 30,000 people are going to be like, oh, thank God. Yeah. I, I don't agree. Have, I don't have to listen to you try to see one more broad's tits. Well, and Which, it, by the way, this does not uh, this this is not preempt <laughs> us trying to see another broad's tits. I, I like that it, if if it comes around less often, it would be much more impactful and, sure. and uh, that's all I'm saying. Air, but now it's like, how many times have we gotten to the end of the show when we forget to do drunk of the week and you go fuck? Yeah, we got to drunk of the week. I don't want to do it, and we do it real fast and it's sure. real boring. And it's just a bunch of bandwidth for. The occasional gem is my hey, point. What we, well, what now, we, if someone really calls in drunk, I'll take it. Right? That's mm-hmm. fine. I'm not eliminating drunk calls. Well, you said this, and the phone just started ringing again. Uh, oh, if if we get rid of this, it's not going to get people on their all the way to their whole commute. <laughs> I see what you okay. mean. The extra 45 minutes of drunken retards is that last bit of the commute. You know, if it, I was sitting on that train and I was trying to get all the way back home, and you cut it out. Well, if the listeners call in with entertaining drunk calls, I will take them. 
I just I don't know that I want to be chained down. That's fine. So this is the problem. To the drunk of the week. It's that we we put the call out for content and nobody's delivering, so we're going to cut it. Yeah. In other words, once again, I'm blaming everybody else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now you've split the chat room between the save the board and drunk of the week people <laughs> and save the board and kill drunk of the week people. So right. Now, why, why don't we ax among factions? I'd like ax to kill one drunk of the people, week people with the board. We just ax everything this show. Keith, you're fired. Woo! Oh. Except that this beer is incredible. Yeah, it is pretty good. Well, thank you. Let me go to phone calls. We'll talk about this beer. Uh, oh, yeah, look at the phones lighting up now. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Casey from Folsom. Uh, is this Casey, our Firestone Walker uh, Beer Fest winner, Casey? It is. Uh, hold on, let me turn on my radio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> let me tell you what happened. I'm actually completely sober. No, I'm, I'm pretty drunk. Although, <laughs> I was way fucked up on uh, the end of Firestone Walker. I, I ate one of Tasty's cookies, and then there was a there was a cigarette going around that tasted a little bit weird, and <laughs> by the end, I, I don't really remember. I, I remember walking up to you and saying something like, thanks for the tickets, even though it wasn't really your choice, and then I remember getting in the car, and then boom, just fell asleep. Casey, you... Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you're one of the best drunks. Oh, God. No, you're one of the best drunks I've ever seen, my friend. You were fine. You were absolutely (laughs) fine. You were having a good time. You were a happy kid. And uh, don't even think twice about it. I have been around a lot of listeners who have grabbed a piece of my ear that, God damn it, I wish I was listening to Moscow Mm -hmm. Soundboard. In, uh, instead, when I grabbed your ass, you, you weren't upset. That was fine. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> it just died. Uh, I, I did want to say this, on, uh, and I'm saying this on the Brewing Network and Casey's behalf. And Casey, just so you know who's responsible. You know, Firestone Walker came to us and said we want to give you tickets to give away. Well, they didn't just give Casey tickets. They gave the kid a hall pass. He got into the Brewers camp. He got. Everywhere that all the brewers got to go. And as their talk, when I got there, I said, hey, we, we got our winner. And they're like, well, what does he need? And I said, well, you, you offered him tickets. And they showed up at these brewer passes. And Casey, not that I wasn't looking out for you or anything, but I just was like, oh, no. you know, guys, I just want you to know you, you only promised tickets. So it's up to you. I would love to give this kid all access, but I'm just reminding you. And they were like, no, this kid, he gets anything he wants. And Casey and his dad. They got to rock the whole damn thing, wow. courtesy of Firestone Walker Brewing Company. Realistically, you were like, uh, "Look, guys, uh, our <laughs> listeners can be a little bit <laughs> save yourself." Too. So, yeah. just so you know, he's going to irritate the shit out of every single person. Do not let him in Brewers Camp. And they're like, ah, "Yeah," and they were. I was like, "I don't know this nut job or his or his nutty dad." Yeah, no, no, they. <laughs> but they, you, you got the royal treatment, right, Casey? Oh yeah, I was I was I was fucking stoked. I didn't even know that Matt Bernaldson was sitting next to me. Was that his bus? That big ass red bus? No. <laughs> we were sitting on I top was, of a of a RV that had a whole lounge oh, on RV top of it. Yet. No, that's not Matt's or Firestone. That's just another guest of the of the brewery that you get, you got to party with, man. Now remind me. I was up there talking to Tasty about the cousin, and then all of a sudden this guy goes, "Hey, of I'm Matt." You were. Yeah. And I, I barely remember looking at him going, wait, are you Matt Bernaldson? <laughs> Listen like, to me. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's not the, what's up, dude? That's not the story I heard. <laughs> 
This is Casey. You were surrounded by Matt Brennelson, Jeremy, the brewer from Lagunitas, uh, uh, the brewer from Boneyard was up there. You were surrounded by every brewer at the festival, man. I, the only regret I have is not writing down my questions on a piece of paper so that I could ask them in my drunken state because by the end I didn't remember what I was going to ask about like barrel aging at home and shit. Trust Believe me, none of the yeah, JP, you, you're going to say the same thing, right? Yeah, don't ever do that. <laughs> none <laughs> of the brewers mind that you forgot those questions at home. They yeah. were just there to party. Oh, the, the last thing you want to do, oh, dude, JP. My only regret is that JP was super quiet. I got there and, and I was he was not the there. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't go there. He wasn't even there. When it was Bonses, and and in my mind, he was like thinking all of the the terrible, hilarious things in his head, but he wasn't saying them because there weren't mics and people he knew. I wasn't there. I hope you meet at the festival itself because at the after party, JP wasn't even there. I was swimming in the like, No, I was I was hanging out with him for like an hour. No, he looked like a tree. JP left. Well, not not at the after party, but at okay. the when you were interviewing people, he was he was doing one answer responses until I well he was his he, nephew. It was one hundred and five degrees. It was too hot to speak. No, he was working. True. The guy, I mean, he was working. Uh, if I don't have a microphone, the only thing I can do is move shit. I can't. <laughs> I mean, it's like hobbling a Chinese girl. It's this is always really the thing. You know, people ask me, like, is it weird that, that we know you and, and you don't know us? And I was yes. saying, that's yes. not. No, it's not. And that's not no. what's weird. What's weird is that we actually have a job. And when we cover these, they're like, wait a minute, but but how come you, you're not dropping everything and being the idiot you are on air? Oh, yeah. Because this is, this is not the time for that. This is real life. The people... Have, are paying us to be here. We have to do a thing. Yeah, and that's the only time it ever gets weird. That that is. That. Yeah, I mean, it was. I was surprised at how you did a great job. Actually, I shouldn't have said surprise. Sorry, um, but you did a great <laughs> right. job. That's what I need <laughs> is another backhanded like compliment. Uh, all right, Casey, I gotta you're, go. You're writing down questions and. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm really not that drunk. If someone's super drunk, uh, you know, give it to them. All right. Thanks, Casey. It was actually... And don't, don't eliminate it. Don't eliminate drunk of the week. <laughs> okay. You know, I do, do want to say... Every once in a while, you get those... All right. It was a pleasure to meet you, Casey, and I thank you for hanging out with us there. And I mean that. And your dad was a very nice dude, too, so uh, thank you. All right. Let's go to uh, Dave in New York. Dave, what's happening? Dave's not here, man. Hey, what's up? <laughs> how are you, brother? Good. How are you? I'm good. Are you drunk? How are you? Uh, pretty. Yeah, I'm waiting for fucking twenty minutes. Yeah, I'm drunk. How are you? You got drunk just in the last twenty minutes that you've been waiting? No, but I don't have any cable until tomorrow because I've moved into a new apartment and I've been waiting since last Tuesday, last Friday. So I've been literally sitting on the phone, drunk and drinking. Oh my god! Is this, it like? Is it like a two bedroom, hundred square foot, dude? This, Good to, close to on. schools. Tonight is the night of backhanded compliments. You know, I, I love. I, I don't have any cable, so I've I've been listening to the show tonight. I've been hanging out on the phone because I don't have any cable, and I got bored while I was yeah. doing that, so I got drunk. I'm sorry that you missed <laughs> America's fun, Got yeah, Talent tonight. Yeah, the black hey, kid one. Don't worry. About it. I, have a, I have a resume, actually. All right. Oh, I just heard it crinkle. He actually has a resume. <laughs> yeah. Well, in 1995, yeah, so. <laughs> I graduated from ITT Technical Institute. <laughs> no, he just graduated from college, and he lives in New York and is not going to Philadelphia. Oh, well, why I'm aren't crying. You? I'm oh, fucking poor. Because he just graduated college. Cry me a river. I'm poor. <laughs> right. Bevo's going. I made, yeah. I, made, I made grog tonight. You did what? I made grog. He did rock? What the fuck is that? Prison grog. hooch. I made grog. It's a pirate drink. 
Have you ever seen, you know what Dave oh, Lamprey? That's Blood of Virgins, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pirate drink. I, that is a great answer. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? How do I know what a pirate drink is? There hasn't yeah, been pirates. I need, I need a grog. I had a grog. I had. I went to this hipster cafe because I have no internet. And me and my friend went to look for jobs. No cable and no internet. Yeah. Yeah, we went to this hipster cafe. My friend and I had no jobs. So he play, He went for jobs, and I, I played online poker, which is not a good idea. And they had beer there, so I drank beer there. And then their fire alarm went off. How'd so you pay we went for to it? Another ball. What? How'd you pay for the beer? He paid for it. Oh, okay. Not a boy. I get I gave him a ride. He didn't have a fucking car. How'd you pay for gas? He paid uh, for he it, JP. Leave him alone. For me. I don't believe his story. I'm poking holes in it to see if it stands up to pressure. Stop yelling at me. And I've been watching it. And I've been watching the end of the Lord of the Rings, you know, when like they all jump on the bed. Yeah, I no. love that. I love that part. Yeah, that's that's, that's getting me. Yeah. I think it's Lord of the Dongs, <laughs> the pillow fight scene in Lord of the Dongs. I think it was Lord of the what Cock are Rings. What you talking about? It was the wrong. Your your roommate's playing a trick on you. He put in the wrong DVD. Oh, <laughs> Mister uh, Cockwise comes come G. <laughs> Let's jump on the bed. I told you to never put that on TV. <laughs> All right, Dave, you're in the running for drunk of the week. You sound good and drunk to me, and uh, you are in the running. Let's go to uh, Stevo on line three. Steve-O, what's up, man? Hey, my Mexican. What up? <laughs> hey, Jay. Yeah. I haven't heard for like the last 15 minutes. All I heard is you're cutting out drunk of the week, and I just dialed, dog. So I haven't heard shit about no conversation. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Check it out. I got a lot of shit. I, hey, I got to put you on a reality check right now. First of all, Moscow, keep the soundboard, dog. I love it, man. You're a funny man. Moscow, is, he's gone into JP speechless mode. <laughs> hey, I've gotten better. Hey. <laughs> Through years of hey, drinking Jay, by you myself. Really drunk of the week? I just hope you're in a pissy ass mood again like last week. <laughs> I hope you're not cutting out drunk of the week. Is this real I, talk? I do appreciate your, uh, your candor, but come on, think about it. Really think about it. Is drunk of the week all that great? Hey, you would have never met me if it wasn't for drunk of the week. Is drunk of the week all that great? <laughs> That's my hey, <laughs> hey, 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 I'm fucking drunk right now, but let me get some points across. I, I right. came home for, on a Monday now because you fucking have it on Mondays instead of fucking Sundays. So I got to run my ass off at work, get home early, buy a six-pack or a 12-pack, and, and I started drinking right at 6 o'clock just so I could hear the show. But I get drunk while I'm listening to the show just for a chance to say, hey, maybe I'm drunk enough to call it for drunk of the week. My favorite part is he you ran know? out of breath during his point. <laughs> he ran out yeah. of breath. Yeah. Well, first, my ancestors, well, they were already in California before it belonged to the United States. And then... Hey. Uh, yeah, steve Come on. Shorten it up, man. Hey. Hey. On the real... Yeah. What happened to all the ass hattery back in the days where you used to fucking used to love when people called in drunk. You used to get happy, dude. When I, do. Called in drunk. I do. I do, but now you, but now no, you no, guys you know shut up. Now you guys <laughs> you, here's what happened. You bore me to death. You call in and you go Hi. <laughs> hey. Hey, what's happening? I'm drunk. <laughs> All right, and then uh, I I had to. Now you change the things. Now <sighs> now this is my day. After I realize this, when there's a, when there's a show on, I have to get off of work early. Then I have to go to the store and buy yeah. beer. Then I have to drink the beer yeah. when I get home. Yeah. Then I have to listen to the show, sh- and then I have sh- to drink while I listen sh- to the show. My wife's asleep. My wife's asleep. Oh. I can't talk too much. Yeah. 
How was the store? Where did they have sales on tampons? Dude, who cares? I know. And so it's not me not excited about you drunks. It's that you drunks have gotten complacent. Where where's the Yes, it's too easy. Where are your goals in life? Because where's the ambition? You know what we need to do? Like the AHA does. No award awarded this week. Ah! Because nobody was good enough. No gold medal this no, week. No, nothing. Because you sucked balls, right. Steve-O. Who wants you to win on a, default? You told me your life. Well, I used to work on, uh, I, I used to work until six on Mondays. But uh, now that the show has moved around on Mondays, I, I only work till 5.30. And then, uh, well, I have a 20-minute commute. If there's traffic, uh, sometimes it takes me 45 minutes. Um, and my homeboy, Chone, covers for me when I leave early. <laughs> yeah, Chone. His name is Incarnacion, but we call him Chone for short. <laughs> This Don't totally blame cool. me for your complacency, drunks. Goodbye, Steve-O. <laughs> Forever. If we do a Noah Award given, that means we will have to sit here and listen to that bullshit and not have anything come of it. No, we can hang up on people. We should do that more often. Should I go to Brutat too now? Uh, Speaking of hanging up on he people. He wants to get rid of Drunk of the Week. Brutat. Hey there. Hey, buddy. It's, it's, been, it's been a while since I've called in, so you know that I've got to be steamed about something. <laughs> yeah, it has been a while. Easy for you to say. Has been so. Just just back up a second here. All right. Um, I, I I think you know the, the solution to the problem here is yeah. Drunk of the week is that's jumped the shark years ago. Right. Okay. Because it used to be it used to be like an organic thing. You know, you'd have a contest at the end or questions at the end, and somebody would call up and they were just stupid ass drunk. Right. And then you'd say, hey, they're the drunk of the week, and then. Everybody started calling in at the end of the show to try to be the drunk of the week, and it got ridiculous. It did get ridiculous. <laughs> nuclear. But, it got so nuclear think, ridiculous. Just, yeah. just return it to to the purity of what it was. Which is just, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's and just, what I'm saying. Not, I'll I'm still give. I'll give away drunk of the year if you if you yeah. guys call in and and, and you're organically Have, drunk and retarded. I'm happy agree. to talk to you. Have more stuff that they can call in at the end, right? Like, like you know, with the you know one of Moscow's stupid ass contests that nobody can understand anyway. <laughs> Great! Now every contest Moscow does sucks too. <laughs> no, no, some People are good. Are really are turning good. on Moscow. Today. Most are good. <laughs> they're no, actually, but they're no, that gets me to the second point. That's my second point: is that we should keep the soundboard, but remove the clap from the thing because yeah that is kind of stupid and 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 probably not have so many tasty drops when tasty's sitting right there fucking next to you because it confuses the shit out of him <laughs> yeah not us the listeners it actually confuses yeah, tasty. So confuse tasty and you know what else sucks people between five and six foot high dicks. <laughs> yeah doc that was for you you didn't even know no. all right i'm trying to, I'm trying to talk steve-o down yeah, I'm texting he's i got more calls right uh, are you going to nhc I'll be there. We'll see you there, my friend. Mm. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Do I still have to go? Uh, wow, here's one we haven't heard from in a while. Uh, Lufa? Sarah36C is back on the oh, line. Whoa! Yeah, talk about, talk about saving laughing. drunk of the week. This is, a, this is like a Hail Mary right here. Uh, <laughs> hi, Sarah. Where have you been all our lives? Oh, just uh, enjoying myself. Good girl. You know, the pleasant way. What's your whoa 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 the, the pleasant way? What is she's the, enjoying herself the pleasant way? Let's find out about that. Wait, is that yeah, like the shocker? Correct. What does that mean? Yeah, what, oh, yeah. Any tools? What are you doing? It's the shocker. All of it. All of it. All of it. It's all in my vagina right now. 
There's uh, moving Perfect. trucks and the shocker. <laughs> I'm sitting on an egg beater. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Sarah. Well, I, first of all, I wanted to say hi to Tasty. Of course, oh, you did. Oh, of course. Hi, Sarah. Great. I missed you. This call went downhill real fast, Sarah. You had us all going, <laughs> and then you singled one person out. No, 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 no. I just. No, I told you know. uh, Ryan that she should call him. Okay. Again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, c- carry yeah. on. Uh, are you for or or against eliminating Drunk of the Week? Oh no no no! For I love this shit. It's hilarious. So she's against the You can't get rid of this. Correct. She's retarded. I love you, Sarah, but you're a little retarded. Oh. She's one drunk in the week before. Sometimes. Right? No, remember when you could get people to, like, shoot off the guns and, like, break beer bottles and all that shit? I know. What, awesome. But what happened to that? Where are these people? I don't know. They're well, not here. They're locked away in institutions. They're not calling in. I'll tell no. you what. They sobered up is what happened. I wonder no, how many. Really have. I wonder how many of these hardcore people have stopped listening to the show because they go too overboard, right? We know a couple of people who have actually done that. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what happened to me. I kind of, like, had to pull back the reins. And then See? I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to, like, go back in. Not a girl. Now you're sitting here flicking yourself off to the BN again. <laughs> Two fingers. <laughs> yeah, actually. actually. <laughs> I was having a good time. Well, keep. don't let us <laughs> well, interrupt you. See, we're glad you're back. <laughs> but it's the rest of the boring... I don't know. And it goes like this. But, call in and then one call every 12 minutes. And just... No, no, no. Listen... I know what you need to do. You need to put like really hardcore music on and when I'm on hold I had nothing. No music. So you need to do like something really like angry, like rage against the machine so that mm. people are like, Yeah, yeah, I'm really mad. I'm so angry and I'm gonna like just fucking pull it all out. I have to admit, Sarah is, it gives a pretty decent suggestion. But pull all of what out? The anal beads? All I don't of understand. it. No, Not everything. It's just the fucking anger. You gotta like pull out the drunken anger with the song, and then people are gonna get pumped up. And they're gonna be like, you know what? Fuck that shit. And then they're gonna, I don't know, do stupid she, shit. She makes a good point. She does. Beva wants to shoot herself in the face, though. She wants to say something, too. No, 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 no. Sorry, Beva. I turned you off because you don't... Shut up, Beva. I know. It was one, Go ahead. one time. Um, <laughs> one time. I just want to say that for five minutes, yeah. there were two calls on hold for Junk of the Week. It right. was not until you started saying that you were going to get rid of it that all these bitches came out of the woodwork. This is what happens. This is why... And by bitches, I'm not talking to you, you know Sarah. What? This is what America... <laughs> you just called me a bitch, Bevo. No, no, well, she did. Kathy. Indirectly, she you did. You liked it. She did. Oh, yeah. And you like it. <laughs> and she probably did like it. Of course I like it. Okay. See, this Didn't is... Can she come here and kiss my tits? Whoa. <laughs> that's, not a, no? that's not a track, that a no? ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the slow clap comes out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Can we Eva? get back to Sarah pleasing no. herself on the air for us? All right, Sarah, I uh, thank you for your call. I appreciate your vote for keeping Drunk of the Week. However, you're you're the last of a dying breed. Oh, <laughs> that means you have cancer. Really? Well, there's just not enough of you that, no, inter- I that entertain me. No, I just have nice boobs, and I like to Prove it. enjoy myself. Prove it. nothing wrong. Prove I, it. I already proved it before. Well, oh, here is the picture. Do it again. There there's is two things wrong that, that entertain us about her right there are two and there's nothing wrong with it that's what i'm saying oh, but you are there there is one of you for every 12 calls that goes like this 
Oh, hey. don't, don't do it again. Don't. I don't want to. I don't want to live through that again. Hey, stop it. <laughs> What's up? Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sarah. <sighs> and toddy hot toddy. oh wait i missed one fierce beard fierce beard what's up hey not a whole lot i just uh i heard you were cutting the only event i've ever been good at <laughs> <laughs> it's on the table it's on the chopping block it's it, the oh, issue is up for debate that is such a good reason to keep it <laughs> it is it's the only thing i've ever been good at you're making my life difficult you know i'm a compassionate man i can't even feared. i can't even climax when i jerk off I can, I can, I, I'm, a, I'm a winner here i mean i've always been a competitor but i never win except except here <laughs> <laughs> Probably because you're oh, right, uh, but can and you... I almost lost a foot today. If if you know you want to get in, into like you know, how did you almost lose I, a foot? I had a, I had a close call, man. I uh, I work in a sheet metal shop. Ooh, yeah, and and uh, I, I guess maybe maybe it might have been through some sort of neglect on my part, but I guess I overloaded the cart. And it buckled, oh. and like uh, above, like this cascade of sheet metal. So why does he sound <laughs> like Burl Ives? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you're you're like a cross between George Jefferson and Burl Ives. <laughs> Cascading sheet metal. Okay, hey, quick question, just for the record, you knew Steve-O was calling in for Drunk of the Week, right? <laughs> Because he's online for again. Uh, yeah, hang up on him. Okay. He's in for drunk of the week. Fucking this dude. Did I know that? And, no. And, I, and before you hang up on him, tell him to stop being a little bitch. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but he's listening, so he knows. All right. All right. Well, fear spirit. I'm. I'm glad you kept your foot, man. Me too. <laughs> so, Thank uh, you. Yeah. Fear spirit out. I'd buy that for a dollar. All right. Uh, you're in the running for Drunk of the Week again. Uh, yeah. Well, that's another vote for keeping it, but only for... I mean, and I'm okay with selfish reasons. It's because oh, well, yeah. it's all that he's ever excelled at. Uh, he's apparently not very good at loading sheet metal. Let's go to... Is it Toady or Toddy? I don't really know. Fucking Bebo. <laughs> it might have been Doty. I couldn't really understand it's him. probably like Jeff. He's <laughs> like, well, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. It's probably Tony. His name is Larry. Why do we all still suck at our jobs? So I'm great much? at it. You're I, mean, perfect, I honestly cannot well, hear. I never got a job description, to be honest. <laughs> so you can't blame me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. I didn't do you it. You I missed said it. I had to answer the phone. You didn't say I had to be good at it. <laughs> These are good points that you're I'm all actually making. deaf, and I've made up every single thing I've ever written to you. <laughs> we never knew that Bevo is actually blind and deaf. I can make up the other part of your brewing team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is it Toady or Toddy? I don't fucking know. Tony? You, you can call me Chody. Chody! Oh, shit. Perfect. Uh, right. Sorry. Chody Ch- is calling in Chody. with an opinion about Drunk of the Week. Go ahead, please. So, I was thinking, instead of Drunk of the Week, you could have, like, Drunken Trivia Weekly. But you have to verify that the person's drunk before you ask them the question. You know, we've you, tried, you we've, we've thrown in little games and trivia yeah. games and things, and again, 
it's very rare that we get something good radio out of that. I've thought for years that people, most people, not most, but some people are calling in faking Drunk of the Week. 25% minimum. Yeah, that's a whole other issue. But Well, it, it goes along similar. So if you have a game, it's you can't, like he's saying, you can't prove that can't someone's write. actually drunk. Because sure. I, I, there are at least one caller, one caller a, a show that I you can tell is fake. Yeah. yeah. And then they're going to win because they're yeah. whatever. Because they're not playing ball. Right. Thank you for the call, Chody. I'm I'm sorry. That's true. Uh Jesus. Rigs now. I got to do both Mexicans in one night. This Mexican doesn't sound like Steve-O. Well, and Riggs <laughs> is at least like half Tongan looking. He's all right. He's <laughs> <laughs> half Tongan, half yeah, half Samoan. Riggs. Hello. <laughs> I met Riggs down at Firestone, Who's and uh, he's a jolly dude. I like Riggs. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, I spent a little time partying with him. <sighs> Riggs, what can we do for you? Hey, man. I, what's up, dog? What's up, following you guys? What, what are you guys doing? See, <laughs> See, this is why I'm canceling Drunk of the Week. <laughs> what's the show about? <laughs> what you guys doing? Um, to warm him up. What are we talking about again? <laughs> hey, check, hey, check it out. I got a suggestion. I heard this like a long time ago. Like, you guys used to do these fucking voicemail shits, but... Like drunk to the voicemail shit back in the days. Oh, I yeah. that, that, way, that way you guys can fix filthy filter that shit out. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. They drunk a message on the voicemail. Even those, it, voicemail was good. It, it did was like all it. right. Well, we don't have to do it every week. <laughs> but then the mailbox was drunk, full all the drunk time. Drunk of the month, son. The problem was this: the mailbox. There was an enormous amount of people calling. And again, it, the ratio stays the same, yep. whether it's voicemail or calling into the show. We we would have a hundred calls that we had to sift through for two good ones. Yes, but you have to sift through it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I might have called that well, line I'll, once or five times. <laughs> I'll call true. a couple of times to make it better. I called a couple of times, that's at for two sure. A couple of two or three times in a month. Riggs, I got a question for you. What's up, Doc? At Firestone Fest, I met Steve-O's brother. And his brother's white-skinned. Yeah. His brother's white skinned. He's not a real Mexican, right? Like a Mexican albino. Hey, man. We call that the Lechero style, dude. It no. is. <laughs> 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 no, no, he's got, I think, uh, I think Steve-O is like, he's got like super tanning problems or something. <laughs> Steve-O goes to a tanning bed every week? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. He's got the weird tanning bed session going on. <laughs> All right, Riggs. Thank you for your call. All right, yo. Cheers up. All right. Why Why is everybody calling in for Drunk of the Week now? Because They're not. Now they're work. calling in for Drunk of the Week opinions. All right. What do I got? Now, am I supposed to go to... You should go to one first. It's an op-ed piece. Now. Or wait, no. Two. Two. Danielson? Yeah, Danielson. 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 This I think. Is, I mean, I couldn't really this hear. This is Ralph Macchio? Danielson. He died. See, it's not him. No, it's because his name is probably something completely different. It's probably Frank. <laughs> Frank is on my date! And he doesn't know I'm talking to him. Daniel. Son. Hi. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Suck it. Not you, Daniel. What's your opinion? It's Daniel and Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, off. No fuck off. <laughs> and then Frank? Frank, what's up, buddy? Hello. Hey. 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 Hey, Frank. Hello. What do you want? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> all right, all right. Well, the 
the, uh, the volume is, is or the audio is poor. So oh, okay. Sorry, you can Frank. control that. Go ahead, Frank. I suggest that you keep Drunk of the Week. It is, it, it is a highlight at the end of the program. I think you should just ask folks to show a little restraint and only call in when they are truly wasted. But now, now, Frank, I, and I and I appreciate your opinion. Uh, but that's the problem: is that there there will be no restraint, and and they know that they're going to get abused if they're not very drunk. Actually, they're going to get abused if they're drunk, also. Well, yeah. uh, but uh, it, it just if it just it's not going to work. I don't think it's going to work. I'm not convinced. That's what the problem is here. It hasn't worked for a so while. Maybe it should be the high motherfucker of the week. Now, why can't it? Why can't it just be? Listen, I'm not even really eliminating drunk phone calls. Why can't it just be? And this is the same premise I think you're talking about, Frank. If you're fucked up, go ahead and call. I'm going to tank your call, and you could potentially win a, a drunk of the year. But do I really have to set aside a segment to sift through five of them for one good one? Be honest with yourself. Well, so don't set aside a segment. Folks just know that uh, they need to be able to call at the end, which is, I think, what you've been doing, actually. I think Frank is drunk of the week this week. I'll tell you right now. (laughs) You know why? I have to admit that I am a little drunk, but... Here's how I can tell. He's actually trying to give me some coherent... Uh, uh, advice on Drunk of the Week. I think it's producer of the week. He's right just now. hammered. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going well. You're not doing bad, Frank, actually. It sounds like a lot a, of our... I'm not hammered. It sounds like a lot of our creative meetings. He might right just now. have a small frontal lobe. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, all right. It's, it's the blow to the back of the head. See? All right. Thank you for your advice, Frank. I'm putting you in the running for this week's... Potentially the last Drunk of the Week, by the way. And our creative meetings are awesome. Well, i got to say that. I don't know. All right. Oh... Uh, and what do we got here, Beef? One more? Gay Kyle? One more. Gay Kyle. Gay Kyle. Gay Kyle. What's up, buddy? Gay Kyle. Penis. Bronco. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, what do you got? What do you got for me? Oh, I wanted to call and complain. <laughs> okay. Really? I got some things I want to complain about. Perfect. Go for it. Can you do an order? The ozone level. Um, yeah, the ozone, exactly. It's bad. Um, I feel like... Uh, you should get rid of Drunk of the Week. Okay. Because all the people that were any good at it have already won, and after you win Drunk of the Week, there's no point in calling again. Well, that's not true. In fact, uh, most of the people who win Drunk of the Year are because they've called in for multiple Drunks of the Week and won. Okay, that point's bad, I guess. Okay, carry but, on. Um, I just had a... <laughs> Fucking brain fart, sorry. My other point. Uh, I think there's also not enough penis on the show. I think you need more penises. Sorry, yeah, I just started thinking about wieners in my mind. (laughs) Hey, it happens to the best of us. I'm still thinking about Sarah. (laughs) My other point is, Um, I think that people, once you win Drunk of the Week, you just don't call again. Those are my three points. Exactly. Exactly. No, also, though, you guys have just gotten fucking jaded. Like, over the years, you've just gone so long, now you're just fucking too cool for it. Well, okay. Now, I will... I'm going to entertain this idea, and I and I, I don't think you're completely wrong. But, but I, I think there's a different aspect to it. Jaded is not the right word. 
I want good no. radio. I want good radio. And have we grown up and and become more demanding? Have we gotten some great phone calls that have made us want to step it up? Yes. And, and if that's jaded, that we don't just keep doing the same. I mean, the segment just feels stale to me. We're over it, and I'm, it's not. I don't know that that's jaded as much. It, it's I'm, it's standards. Uh, I, I want. I'm not above drunk people. I'm above boring drunk people. It's, there's no. There's no point in doing something that's not worth it, and yeah. it hasn't been worth it because people haven't been calling in to make it worth Correct. it. Correct. It's, it's the listener's no, no. segment. It's the only thing we don't control. And the last no, good drunk see, of the week I remember on was the other Nicole. Hand, though. Sure. <laughs> On the other birthday. hand, though, yeah, go ahead. Where I feel like you guys have uh, just outgrown it and just gotten too cool for it. Yeah, I totally fucking agree because it's horrendous half the time. No, and, fucking ninety-five percent of the time, it's just painful to listen to drunk the week. And and so that's, I totally get it. And that's right. all I'm saying. I'm 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 honestly I'm trying to put myself in the listener's shoes. I'm driving in the car. I, I got my commute going on. I've just heard a, a, an awesome interview from Tom Hennessy or any of these wonderful guests that we've had. And then I have to listen to the 45 minutes of me trying to get blood from a stone of some drunk. Or an anus. Or, or, or a penis. White, or a penis. <laughs> I drank a, 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 a drink six year Nevada Summerfest tonight. <laughs> oh, Good. You're a you're a daring craft beer drinker, and I did it on a boat. <laughs> in, in Were you dry, wearing a sailor costume? In, yeah, in dry dock. <laughs> but yeah, fucking get rid of it. All right, Kill thank it. you, Gay Kyle. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Yeah. yeah, that was the. See now that was a, my favorite statement of the show. He's gonna go back and, and talk to his boyfriend staring at a Summerfest. And I did it on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good sound clip. Uh, only if we had a board for it Mm, if only Twitter game well we ought to give out drunk of the week too uh, because it could be the last Uh, yeah let's go over Twitter game let me review my drunk of the week notes um, and um, and we'll we'll go that route Uh, what was our Twitter game our Twitter game was uh, Terrence and JP open an ice cream parlor I want you to name it rape alright what are our selections for the night from uh, our friend Giles, he says Greek chocolate swirl. Okay. Belgian lace says two brewcasters, one cone. <laughs> yeah. Your evil dad write in, wrote in melted dreams. Okay. Okay. Code right and fool, most handsome man in the world, Coca creepies. Coco creepies. Oh, he wrote Coca, but that's fine. Coco creepies. That's, that's probably what he meant. I like Coco creepies. Okay. Uh, Lulu Gumshoe wrote in, you just got soft served. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, too. Uh, Kale Baker wrote in, black dicks, creamy dreams. <laughs> Terrence is black and Jibber is a dick. That's all one thing? Black dicks, creamy dreams. Okay. Um, and then Andrew wrote in, Negropolis, home of the world-famous Greek Sunday, Greek man yogurt over two mounds of chocolate. That's pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, I wish they could send in art. Yeah. <laughs> Artwork accompanying. Oh, yeah. I should do that, actually, one day. Send a photo. And then Sean Brownridge wrote, two scoops, one cup. Okay. I didn't understand that one. I don't know why I put it in. Well, I think that Negropolis... <laughs> 
<laughs> I do like that one. And what was the other? Oh, and uh, you just, you got, just soft got soft served. Are our two finalists? If unless anybody disagrees, no, those are both good. Um, <laughs> they are both good. Um, I really like you just got soft served. Yeah, I do like That's that too. Great. All right, well, let's vote. Uh, raise your hand for you just got soft served. Oh, why am I clapping? That's everybody. Uh, and and Negropolis. That's uh, nobody. All right, you just got soft served. Is uh, is our Twitter game winner All for right. tonight? Well Only done. if you had a sound effect, so yeah. I wouldn't have to clap my yeah. hand. <laughs> I'm burning right. two calories. Okay, wonderful. Good job. Mm-hmm. You just wow. got soft served. Uh, JP will send you a prize. Okay, let me go through my notes. And and the, we had a, a varied mix between opinions and drunk of the weeks. Uh, Dave. Called in for Drunk of the Week. I don't know what he did. Riggs called in with an opinion, but but he was drunk. Steve-O called in for Drunk of the Week and an opinion. And Mexican. Frank called in for Drunk of the Week. I don't remember what any of them did. No, because they didn't do anything. They did everything everybody does every Drunk of the Week. Nothing. Sarah36C called in. Um, she was pleasuring herself. Yeah. That's good news. Fierce Beard, he sounded drunk. And finally, uh, Gay Kyle. I think... Um, Gay Kyle. No award given. I think Fierce Beard. Oh, we could go with the first ever no award given. The problem is it might also be the last ever Drunk of the Week. What? Yeah, right? What? How would... Uh, this him. Right? <laughs> huh? JP! Drunk of the Week. <laughs> uh, That's being style. <clears throat> last time ever? None. Who was the guy who was trying to make a lot of sense, but he just was too drunk to do it? Was that oh, Dave? I think it was everybody. No. Choda? Oh, no, that was... That was, was... Danielson. No. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, we don't know. All right, no That's award given. how much given. we care. I don't know. It's either going to Gay Kyle or no award given. Both. Gay Kyle was on a boat. He <laughs> on a boat. I'm on I, a boat. On a boat. I had a shitload of Summerfest. <laughs> and I had it on a boat. <laughs> Six years I've had a Summerfest. <laughs> I wish that's what he called penis. Why does it matter? I wish everyone... <laughs> Added the caveat where they, had, and I had it in a beanbag chair. <laughs> it was just always some. I had it in a postmodern kitchen. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I had it out on the trampoline. <laughs> I had it at the bar at the gay club. <laughs> a trampoline. No award given. Yes. That should be a good drink of the week challenge. Drink all your beers on a trampoline. <laughs> While bouncing. Keep, while bouncing. I have to add that comment. Oh, yeah. You can't. Oh, that's true. Thank I'll you listen very gassy. All right. It's a Monday month. Monday's all week. Monday Next week Monday. is another Monday show. Now, those of you complaining might also note that we're, it's like six weeks in a row without a without an off week, which is killing me. Yeah, it's just Monday. I feel like I'm running a marathon. It's terrible. Uh, next week is a Monday show. Uh, we're talking to Victory Brewing Company, who will be pouring at BNA 8. Nice. Uh, and that'll be a nice time. Keith, quickly, tell us about this beer I'm drinking. What do we have? This was a beer for the 12 days of Christmas. I got uh, picked the uh, turtle doves, so I wanted to do something like a turtle candy, you know, with pecan and chocolate. Mm-hmm. I figured a robust porter would be a good showcase for that. Uh, mashed it... Uh, little uh, higher to get some sweetness mm-hmm. uh, put some uh, a little bit of pecan extract in it well that was after the bourbon barrel so it was in a bourbon barrel for about uh, uh, it was a new barrel so it was about three weeks okay this beer is awesome yep I love it it doesn't have too much of anything it's very well balanced thank you well done sir
All right, Victory Brewing Company next week. Thanks to Keith for coming and hanging out with us. Thanks to our thanks to our guest Tom Hennessy from Colorado Boy Brewing, also the author of Brewery Operations Manual and the Franken Brew video. And of course, uh, let don't forget uh, Christopher Mullins Sr. of McGillan's Old Ale House in Philly. We hope to see you there when we're there for BNA Eight and the National Homebrewers Conference. Jip, uh, you ready to take us out of here? Yep. Get us out. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Follow JP on Twitter at MajorJip so he doesn't have to add you as a friend on Facebook and then hide you. Scott is on Twitter when he feels like it. Follow him at Moscow Paint. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McDee's. If you are going to NHC, be sure to pick up your ticket to BNA8. Go to brewerynetworkphilly.eventbrite.com. Your production director today on the session is Pushy Jack. Tonight's show has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. JP licked his finger and put it in his butt throughout the show. Your call screener and baby maker was Bevo, and your host was Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook and Twitter. 